What do we do now, sir? Keep working on the engines. There's nothing wrong with them, sir. There's nothing wrong with any part of this boat. We've checked everything. Then check again. Divers? That's impossible. There's something out there, sir. Forest section here, sir. We're being attacked. Oh, this is the captain. What's happening? Someone's coming in, sir. Through the escape compartments. Shut off forward and aft escape compartments. Aye, aye, sir. What's happening, man? They're coming in, sir. They're... Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew. And as always, we are joined with my co-host, who's <laughs> formerly known as... Uh, we are joined by my co-host? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, this is the first time I'm on the show. Okay. Hello, I'm Scott. That was a weird introduction. Uh, I was... Uh, it's, it's been a runner. Uh, uh, it's been a, a, long, a long setup for that payoff. You know, in the the previous weeks where I keep changing up how I intro- introduce you, that's the latest one. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we are covering parts three and four of the Sea Devil story, as we will be covering Sea Devils basically all month because it is a ridiculously long story, as you'll see in this episode, these two parts where basically nothing happens. Uh, but before we jump into those episodes, I do have a bit of on this day trivia for episode three. Uh, yeah. Episode 3 aired on the 11th of March 1972, uh, which, as always with Classic Who, it was a Saturday. It was, uh, at the time of recording, 49 years, 11 months, and 25 days ago. I think it will be approaching the 50th anniversary for it when this episode it'll comes be, out. When this episode comes out, it'll be tomorrow's the 50th anniversary, yeah. which is partly why we're doing this, yeah. which is fun. A, f- a fun time, isn't it? Uh, on this day uh, in history, which is my new favorite segment because researching this bit's really fun uh, for yep. things that happened on this day throughout history. So in 1702, on the 11th of March, the first ever London Daily Newspaper is founded. Oh, <laughs> interesting fact. In 1867, the Grand Mauna Loa volcano erupted. Ooh. And then in 1892, there was the first ever public game of basketball what yeah wait wait <laughs> swear springfield public... versus mass or springfield as in the mass. simpsons yeah as in the simpsons springfield but yeah 1892 first public basketball game on the third on the 11th of march damn um, that's yeah. in, that's weird that's what weird <laughs> yeah 1953 on the 11th of march there was the first woman army doctor who was commissioned known as Faye margaret adams and if you want to realize how close history is she's still alive jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> you know um bloody um it, it's amazing how old this episode is 50 years it feels like a lifetime ago but just feels yeah. like also just yesterday because it's yeah not that long like like 1970 what is it two was only like 20 
it was only like 20 odd years before I was born, which is mm-hmm. insane. It's like the same distance as the time I was born to now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's much, crazy. So much changed between that. Not so much has changed between, you know, your birth and now, other than phones and computers are better. Yeah, that's uh, how old I am. <laughs> in 1960, the Pioneer 5 launched, which uh, was a satellite that orbits uh, the sun between Earth and Venus. Then, Ooh. in 1977, on the 11th of March, the rings of Uranus are discovered. Nice. And then they also <laughs> discovered the rings of Uranus shortly after. Ooh, high five. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, th- that, that's all I've got for on this day in history. It was a pretty uh, interesting day, the 11th of March. A lot happens on the 11th of March. Uh, yeah. So I was looking in. The, both the songs are the same as they were last week, so I won't bother mentioning those. But I was looking into what the top film is, uh, and the top film in the U.S. because the U.K. box office numbers are so incredibly hard to come by for this era. Uh, in the U.S. was a film called The Hospital. It reached number one in its twelfth week of being in the cinema. So it was in cinemas for a very, very long time before it hit number one. Uh, and I just and wanna... and a one noteworthy in it. Uh, nobody whose name that I recognize, but th- th- this is the interesting part, because I was reading it, and I went, I have to mention this on the show. So I'll just mm-hmm. read you the synopsis, and you you, you, you you, figure out why I wanted to read it on the show. Okay? <laughs> okay, so, sure. At a Manho- at, at, I'll start again. At a Manhattan teaching hospital, the life of Dr. Bock, the chief of medicine, is in disarray. He has left his wife, his children don't talk to him, and his once beloved teaching hospital is falling apart. Uh, I have a whole heap more which I want to read, but I just have to mention it's goddamn Bock. He became a doctor. <laughs> and and if anyone's listening who's not familiar with Bock, go back to our Demons episode. He's a little guy for wings. He's a little gargoyle yeah. man. He, yeah, we, we love him. We love Bock around our, here. Yeah. He's our boy. Uh, I want to read more of the plot because this film sounds insane. So, the hospital is dealing with the sudden deaths of two doctors and a nurse. Uh, These are attributed to the coincidental or unavoidable failures to provide accurate treatment. At the same time, administrators must deal with a protest against the hospital's annexation of an adjacent and decrepit apartment building. The annexation is to be used for a drug rehabilitation centre. The building's current occupants demand that the hospital find them replacement housing before the building is demolished, despite the building being condemned some time before. Dr. Bock admits to, the, to impotence and has thoughts of suicide, but falls in love with Barbara Drummond, a patient's doctor who came, in, came with her father from Mexico for his treatment. This temporarily gives Dr. Bock something to live for after Barbara ch- uh, challenges and engages with him. The deaths are discovered to have been caused by Barbara's father as retribution for the inhumanity of modern medical treatment. Drummond takes no personal responsibility, claiming his victims would have been saved if they had received prompt, appropriate treatment, but they did not. Dr. Bock and Barbara use a final, accidental death of a doctor at the, do- at the hospital to cover Drummond's misdeeds. Barbara makes plans to fly with her father back to Mexico. Dr. Bock at first intends to go with them, but at the last minute, driven by his sense of obligation, he insists on staying behind at the hospital so that it will not descend into chaos. Uh, this sounds like an entire season of a soap <laughs> opera. <laughs> I know, it sounds mental, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it, so- it sounds like just 
200 episodes of a soap opera set at a hospital <laughs> and everything happens they're running out of ideas they're just throwing everything at the kitchen sink <laughs> yep fucking uh, insanity it was written by a man called uh paddy paddy Chayefsky, and he was awarded the 1972 academy award for best original screenplay this film won an oscar uh Chayefsky also narrates the film was one of the producers and had complete control over the casting and the content of the film but insane. he didn't direct it right <laughs> so what did the director do <laughs> but yeah it looks like george c scott is in it that's a good actor there he's from dr strange love christmas carol he's from the movie they might be giants which the band they might be giants stole the name from or maybe yeah, that's a that's a that's a weird sounding movie but yeah i need yeah, to watch yeah. it now yeah i will like... miss it I d- from I the don't... description, it sounds like it's a four-hour-long movie. <laughs> well, it's from the 1970s, so it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's find out. The Hospital, 1972. It is one hour 43. Jesus, that's a it's a short runtime for all that plot. <laughs> it has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Y- 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 that Granted, plot line... Only that, from that 13 plot... reviews, but... Compared to this episode of Doctor Who, that plot must be very quick. <laughs> it's got nothing but good reviews. It's it's. I've got to got to search out this movie and watch it. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, who wa- who, who watches, watches the, the hospital? hospital? It's coming yeah. soon to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds Jesus. mental. It sounds mental. But that's all I've got for the on this day segment. I I just thought that part was very very interesting. Uh, well, you know what else happened on this day? The Sea Devils episode three aired. Segway, boy. Yeah, and everybody pew, pew. watching it uh, was like, "Wow, that's twenty minutes of my life that I'll never get back," <laughs> because it was. Yeah. It's not a good episode. It's fine. Was it that, it's better was than it episode. Bad? It's better than episode four. It's better in episode two. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but we'll get because to I feel that. like a like a solid chunk of this is in episode two. <laughs> True, you got a good point there. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, into the episode. Ooh, play clip. There we go, that was a smooth <laughs> transition. Right. Okay, what the fuck, Britvox? So, sorry, something went wrong. We are currently experiencing issues playing your video. Fuck you. Wow. They don't like you there. Okay, now it's playing episode four now. Oh, fuck's sake, I have to scroll all the way down. It's season nine, episode 11. Yes, 9-11, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that in the episode <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm good now okay right no doubt doctor you're wondering why I sent for you your usual childish desire to gloat perhaps how much have you told unit everything I sent them a full report as soon as Miss Grant spotted you at the naval base and yet you came back here to investigate in person Interesting. You know, I wonder whether you're telling me the truth. You'll find out soon enough. You realise, of course, that I could kill you here and now. And how would you explain that away to Colonel Trenchard? I'm hardly in a position to attack you now, am I? Do you think I really care what Trenchard thinks? Whatever you're up to, you still need Trenchard's cooperation. You're still a prisoner here, you know. My dear doctor, I can walk out of here any time I choose. Then why don't you? Because this place makes a good base for my operations. You see, I'm planning to contact our reptilian friends. 
How do you know about them? Oh, from the Time Lord's files. More stolen information. Naturally. Well, why do you want to contact them? Those reptiles, Doctor, were once the rulers of this Earth. And with my help, they can be so again. Are you watching from the sword fight? <laughs> well, I'll mention the sword fight, but I, that, that's where my, my episode is at the moment. So I might skip, I might fast forward through the sword fight, honestly. <laughs> I can't believe they played it in full. <laughs> like, so well, you good. know, but well, at least, to, I, at least, to, okay, I'm just going to start the clip here before I even see the next clip. So the episode begins with us watching the sword fight in its entirety again. Uh, that we ended the last episode with. It honestly threw me for a loop. I thought I put the wrong episode on. <laughs> uh, well, the reason they had to replay this sword fight is because the episode ran under time, like by two or three minutes. So we just threw this in. As yeah, you a can tell. You filler. Can, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell that's the and, and we'll get to the end of the episode to explain why this episode lost some time. But okay. yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, but what I really enjoy about them replaying it this episode. It means that there are two separate scenes in this 20-minute episode where the doctor stops to eat a sandwich. Yes. <laughs> He's the hungriest man alive. There's honestly something about John Pertwee and his love for sandwiches. Because I, I was watching the Silurians not so long ago, and yeah, in that episode he was eating a sandwich as well, just out, out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, maybe it was just a deal he made with the studio so they wouldn't have to take breaks as often. He'll just have his break on camera. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love how he just chews for like a solid five seconds just, just to get his words out. Yeah, it's compelling it's perfect <laughs> so the actual episode begins like exactly at the two minute mark like that's where the uh cliffhanger opens and where it should open if this was a full proper full-length episode but instead there's two minutes of garbage you've seen before well it's not garbage it's, it's a fun sword fight but you've seen it before it, it loses <laughs> its charm when it, it ends and starts an episode back to back uh, but yeah, um, the part where uh, the master throws his knife at the doctor was supposed to be originally a gun pointed at him. But his hesitation would have been whether or not to shoot the doctor because if he shot the doctor, his hold on Trenchard would have been destroyed because obviously he's been hypnotized. Which uh, I think the, I think the knife works better as a cliffhanger because you don't see where it lands. It just goes directly to the doctor. Yeah, I think that's yeah. A, and I also feel like communicating across that the master is not going to shoot the doctor because he's going to lose control over Trenchard is something that Classic Who wouldn't have managed to do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something. It's something that would require like very good camera work and just a lot of patience yeah. in terms of just setting it up and just having Roger Delgado like prepare for the moment. Yeah, it, <laughs> it would. Uh you know the way that they would do it is they would shoot they'd have him hesitate and then he wouldn't shoot uh yeah. and you would just be made to assume that that's why and then like if you read the behind the scenes you'd be like oh yeah that was why he did that but yeah no the yeah, knife makes it, it way easier yeah it, it would definitely be something for the novelization of the yeah. episode <laughs> yeah uh, like a whole a, a whole page of dialogue just of uh, the master's internal thoughts <laughs> So uh, the master throws the knife at towards the doctor and it misses uh, because Trenchard like interrupts 
Uh, Trenchard, if you don't remember, is the man who talks like this. He really likes golf. Uh, that's who Trenchard is. He he interrupts and he's like, "Oh, what the bloody hell's going on?" Uh, and then he pulls his best Boris Johnson when he says he'll have an in- a full inquiry into the the shenanigans that went on in the to this room uh, when nobody was looking. Uh, and the doctor's like, "What are you? Are you joking? He threw a knife at me. You watched him throw a knife at me. What are you on about?" What I don't understand is the doctor doesn't realize that Trenchard's brainwashed for this entire episode possibly into the next yeah i'm confused by that because it kind of reads as he kind of sometimes does realize he's been hypnotized but at the same time not really because there's a moment later on where the doctor's like oh the master's probably got hold on you or something like that but it's very confusing it it kind of goes wishy-washy depending on just the scene i'm like putting the master in there in the first place is just ri- ridiculous like he's gonna hypnotize everyone in the room and also that reminds me we spoke last week about how the master hasn't hypnotized anyone for a while but you remembered that uh, in the sound of drums uh the series three final he hypnotized the entire earth yeah he hypnotized the earth so and you know i mentioned last week as well that i thought it was i thought john sim did something and then literally we stopped recording i was editing it and i went oh my god this was what it was (laughs) so yeah no see can we get our doctor who fan badges back please (laughs) i I kind of i kind of like that as a way to hypnotize better just a self just a subconscious it makes sense it makes sense yeah well like well it it makes sense it makes sense in the way that hypnotism is real uh (laughs) hypnotism is real uh you know whereas the i mean it works in the same way as like slogans or anything like that listening i was staring at that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think the the master hasn't done the whole staring at the person to hypnotize them in quite a while i wonder if that's ever going to come back I don't think I would like it if it did come back. It, it's very. I think it's very much off its time. I think if the it, master's going to hypnotize somebody, they can't just have magical abilities. They have to like find a way to encode that uh, with but, some semblance of scientific reasoning behind it. But remember, the doctor still sometimes has telepathic abilities. That's that's a time lord trait i guess just to hypnotize people but he's okay able, but so like he... i would believe it if the master was headbutting everybody to hypnotize them, <laughs> you know like like uh, matt smith in, yeah um what episode was that i don't remember uh like i feel like i have an james gordon look. episode i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. headbutt them to transfer the memories <laughs> yeah uh you know it's stuff like that where it's kind of silly goofy fun but like say um oh what's his name sasha darwin or something like that give me a second that sounds right sasha baron cohen no (laughs) (laughs) dawan yeah it's probably pronounced dawan yeah dawan yeah sasha dawan you know he comes back as the master for jody's final episode which is you know pretty much it's i don't think it's actually confirmed but it's heavily implied It's heavily, yeah, heavily uh, implied because you know the the master is coming to kill you. Said yeah. time, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me that time is an actual person and a and planet. She, and it, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, like if Sasha Darwin is just suddenly going around to everybody, going, "Ooh, looking in my eyes." Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't think I, I think it would be too cheesy. Although now I have that image in my head, I might believe it. You know. <laughs> And to be fair, he did kind of, this master, this current master, Sasha Darwin, 
kind of brought back the whole um, shrinking people, just turning into them to action figures. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that that's was fun something as well. from classic era. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but I, I think it would give his master something to do that would be different anyway, because right now he's kind of like the worst parts of John Sim and Missy combined into a yeah. uh, plastic uh, cartoon man. Yeah, but... too much. Too much of the masters is just cartoon like uh, I, I love anthony ainsley he's too much of a cartoon eric roberts was a bit cartoony john sim was a bit cartoony at times missy was very cartoony i loved missy though like like yeah. <laughs> like i think when missy first the thing that i liked about missy uh because i think she might be my favorite incantation incantation incarnation of the master <laughs> Uh, what I really liked about Missy is when she first showed up, uh, Moffat just had her kill literally everybody left, right, and set. Like, she took, she just zap, 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 zap. She took no prisoners, uh, which made her, at least to me, feel like a real threat. And I also, I loved her relationship with Capaldi. Like, her relationship with Capaldi was just the um, chef kiss good. Yeah, her and Capaldi was like the best part of her doctor, especially towards season 10. I'm not too keen on the season 8 Missy because... That's the part where she she becomes a giant head at some point, and a giant holographic head, and it just gets way too silly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I liked her. I, you know, Peter Capaldi's two part finale on his last season is spectacular, uh, yeah. and a large part of that is due to Missy and Johnson. You know, yeah, I, w- I wish that was uh, Capaldi's final episode, and not Twice Upon a Time. I like Twice Upon a Time, but whatever. We'll get to that. <laughs> Anyway, we should actually talk about what happened in the in, in that scene. Uh, the master, the doctor, like storms out the room because the uh, Trenchard's like, "You've got to get out of here. Have an inquiry." Uh, and then he like starts asking the master what he was planning on doing if he was planning on actually killing the doctor, which is which is what like speaking about being brainwashed. I'm really confused here because the master has to justify his actions against the doctor being like oh no no it was in self-defense the doctor was attacking me but trenchard is brainwashed you could tell him whatever the hell you like what's he gonna do yeah <laughs> just stare deep into his eyes and be like forget about what just happened <laughs> shut up that's all you have to do shut up <laughs> and also and also i presume the master can get a deeper control over trenchard to not question things in the first place yeah. like just be like do not question anything i am doing just behave as normal and just ignore me that's all you have to really do yeah yeah but instead he tries to justify it and that the doctor had attacked him first and that that uh trenchard has to now arrest the doctor and keep him under lock and key and trenchard's like oh yeah okay well it's uh, oh, shall do that joe's left by the way and the master's like what and he's like oh don't worry i told the guards to stop her uh, uh as she's coming out so problem solved and then we cut <laughs> and then we cut to joe walking down some steps so uh, the guards like tease Joe with the keys and then take them away from her because he's an ass. Uh, and then he's like, oh, you've got orders to go back inside. Joe's not having any of it. And she decks the two guards and runs away. And this is where <laughs> my first issue with the soundtrack comes in. And it's yeah. going to be in it for the rest of it. The soundtrack doesn't act as a soundtrack. It acts as sound effects. Every hit that Joe does and every impact that the uh, guards do has a sound has the soundtrack sting 
Uh, yeah. And it just sounds like it's like machines clattering together. Like it's... yeah, again, <laughs> this is Radiophonics Workshop. It's all like electronic music, and it's nineteen seventies electronic music. It just does not fit. Like the only way electronic music I think could fit in this story is if like the Sea Devils were mechanical men or something like yeah, that. Yeah, only... But like I feel like the music itself would fit, but it's not getting used as music. Yeah, it's getting used as sound effects. Like, yeah, it's it, it's it's not great, is it? Yeah, it it's honestly it took me out of the episodes like every single time there was an action. I was just waiting for the <laughs> like <laughs> doesn't fit at all. But also, I I speaking of Joe, I just love the way she just completely knocks those two guys out. That's some great action. It's it's not believable at all, but it's very silly and just fun, and it's something for Joe to do other than, oh, go to this other room and just make some tea for us. Yeah. You know? There's the ice cream truck back. Yeah, did you hear it? I did, I did hear it this time. I've never heard it before, but I did hear it this time. Yeah. I didn't realise it was that loud. But... Yeah, an ice cream truck passes by my house like half eight every single night. And Scott refuses to buy the ice cream. I keep telling him he should get the ice cream. But I, I look out my window like three times a week. I never fucking see this ice cream truck. So I don't know where it is and I don't want to get kidnapped. So no thank you. <laughs> so we cut to the doctor who's chilling in a room. And he's like, hey, guard guy that's standing there, why do you think Trenchard's working with the Master? Could he be brainwashed? I just don't believe that. Trenchard, of all people, he told me he can't be brainwashed. And so, why would I not believe that? Uh, But the guard doesn't respond to him, and then eventually Trenchard comes in, and he's like, oh, hey, doctor, by the way, you're a prisoner, and I'm going to rip up your unit pass. Ha 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 ha. Uh, it's a pretty decent scene, I think. I really like John Pertwee's performance. I think he's strong. Well, I mean, he's been yeah. strong every time I've seen him uh, in the John Pertwee episodes we've covered, but I think he's really, really good in these uh, couple episodes where he's a prisoner. Uh, I just, I really like listening to him be serious. Yeah, I really like how he's kind of just restrained himself. He's like, if I was a doctor, I'd be just knocking out these two men because he can knock out everyone, but he just like... Yeah, he's the karate uh, doctor. Uh, yeah, I'll, he's like, I'll go along with you. I'll do, I'll get tied up to a chair later on. That's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of my kink, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting we scene where Trenchard is the he's he's like a villain. Yeah, uh, he's like full on villain in this in this episode. Uh, even when he gets on the phone at the end of the scene, and he's like, "What do you mean she got away? Get her!" You know, and he's got this really yeah. like menacing voice on him. Suddenly, uh, he also he also says, "We will shoot you if you fucking leave, Doctor." Except yeah. he doesn't swear because this is a kids show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's it's a pretty interesting turn for Trenchard. I miss golf, Trenchard. Uh, <laughs> he was a nice man. <laughs> was he nice or no, just he annoying? Was boring. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but also, but also the guard in the room, the one that doesn't speak, mustache. His mustache is it's amazing. Insane. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking it's, it's perfect. Ab- <laughs> it's the most seventies mustache you'll ever see, and it is perfect. It's like sculpted. <laughs> it's thick. It's bushy. Like that man was made to wear a mustache. The, the brigadier would be jealous of that mustache. I swear <laughs> to you. <laughs> 
Oh my god, right, we cut to Joe, uh, who's, like, hiding behind some bushes as some guards run by, and, like, it's a fine scene of Joe hiding and running away, but the soundtrack is, it's, it's like, comical, because it's, like, yeah. it, like, sounds like somebody running, like, a rope, like, but, like, higher pitch, uh, and then as Joe literally starts running, the soundtrack picks up to match the pace of her feet like yeah, it's... Uh, so it's like ma- it's matching every single movement she's making as if she's the one making the soundtrack noise like it yeah. is and every key hit just sounds like it's picked at random as well it doesn't really make a tune that's memorable it's just yeah but like it's, it's, way it's... higher like <laughs> it's it's like a keyboard cut just yeah yeah do, 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 do. yeah <laughs> it, it's it's dreadful and it just keeps getting worse every time we see joe running she has that soundtrack underneath her matching her every movement like <laughs> maybe that's just her shoes maybe her shoes are magical and we it's just amazing. make plonking songs yeah, it's, it's amazing none of the guards hear her <laughs> uh, though maybe it's like the um the 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 cyberman mouse cyber 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 rats cyber yeah, cyber yeah. there's like the cyber mats where they make that insane beeping that nobody yeah. can seem to hear you know there's also insane beeping in this episode later on it just <laughs> does not stop <laughs> oh yeah yeah it goes across multiple seats <laughs> like that's part of the soundtrack it like it was like hard to listen to with earphones but we'll get yeah. to that but that bit sucked <laughs> like so we cut to uh, Trenchard and the master. The master's doing some uh, uh, work on a motherboard. He's 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 uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Not welding, but like miniature welding. It's got a I, word. I couldn't oh, tell you. It's escaped he's just, me. He he's just doing sciencey stuff. That's <laughs> all I know. Soldering. He's soldering the motherboard. That's the word I was looking for. That was painful. He's soldering a motherboard. Uh, when Trenchard comes in and he's like, oh, we got the doctor locked up, by the way. And he's like, cool, what about the girl? And he's like, oh, that's a fun motherboard. And he's like, hey, I asked about the girl. And he's like, oh, well, you know, she got away. And the master's like, oh, well, find her. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, we will. And he's like, cool. Uh, which I, th- I think that's like the, like, I just recited it line for line there. Uh, then he asks to see the doctor again, even though two minutes ago they were having a sword fight and he tried to kill him. Now he wants to talk to him. And Trenchard was like, oh, I've got to take the doctor away from you because you tried to kill him. Uh, and now he's like, yeah, sure, I'll deliver the doctor to you. Why would you ever try to hurt him? Like, you know, the motivations yeah. are a bit whack. The thing about classic Doctor Who is it's always a bit back and forth to the same two locations over and over again. It's like, oh, now I'm going to fight you. Oh, now, can you come back, please? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Wait, come back. It's... I need to talk to you a bit more. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, yeah, we only fought because we had to have a cliffhanger last yeah, week. But yeah. now we can talk. Yeah. Now we can talk. It's good. Uh, so we cut to... Ooh, what's his name? That's a challenge. Hart? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cut to Hart, the uh, Navy man, uh, and he's talking talking to another Navy man who we'll come to meet a bit more and we'll come to learn about a bit more in some pretty decent scenes. Uh, who's a captain of a submarine and he's like, you know, there's something going on at this uh, base because, you know, you might have forgotten because we're yeah. three episodes <laughs> deep 
into the Sea Devil special, but there there are Sea Devils in this episode. Yeah, uh, I was one hundred. I was one hundred percent going to say this scene is just to remind viewers. Oh yeah, there are Sea Devils <laughs> because they haven't been featured at all. Like. Since like five minutes after episode two, like they that's... do nothing in yeah. this episode and the episode after, like which which is a huge shame because it's it's the Silurians again. It's like the Silurians were utilized so much better, and even in the next appearance of the Sea Devils in the Fifth Doctor era, they're just doing whatever the fucking whatever the fucking Silurians tell them to do. They're not a character at all. It's just. Or just a background thing. <laughs> I think they suffer from they decided to bring the master back for this story. Yeah. And so they he gets all the screen time that otherwise would be going to the Sea Devils, you know? Yeah. Uh, the thing with Delgado's master is he's always working with someone evil, which is like every episode, like the Autons with Bok and the Demons. Mm-hmm. It's like every episode he's just working with other evil people and it's just like can we focus on the evil people sometimes in this episode? Just have a master do an evil plan by himself. He doesn't need alien what to do shit for him. I don't think that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the sea devils, they don't do anything. But we get reminded about them uh, in that uh, Hart is like to the submarine captain, take your submarine and test out this brand new technology called Sonar. Never heard of it. <laughs> don't, know, don't think it's going to pick up. Uh... And, you know, so Hart, the captain's like, okay, cool, yeah, but there's been a lot of missing ships recently. And he's like, yeah, there's been 70 in the last 10 years. I'm like, that feels like a lot of ships to go yeah. missing in the last 10 years. Also, uh, also 10 years, that's that's a long time for Sea Devils to I guess to be around, unless it's not the Sea Devils. Unless it's something else. I but, assume yeah. it has to be the Sea Devils if it's yeah. around that area, yeah. But, but it's been a problem for that long and the Doctor is just now figuring out, oh yeah, the Sea Devils probably are involved. Yeah, but to like, be fair, like they don't do anything, so the Doctor probably yeah. kept forgetting about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like, we're silent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the, uh, the 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 submarine captain's like, okay, cool, I'll take my submarine out there then, goodbye. I'm sure nothing will go wrong, and he'll have a lovely trip. Then the receptionist to Hart is like, but what about the doctor? Maybe we should cut and see what's happening with the doctor right now. <laughs> and then we cut to find out what's happening with the doctor. <laughs> uh, so we cut to the doctor getting led into the master's room, as was set up previously. And it starts with a bit of comedy and leads into a really good scene, I think. And I think both land. I think both work really well. I love the yeah. comedy between uh, the Master and Trenchard, where they just nod at each other, expect like yes, expecting <laughs> the other person to do what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, like they, they work really well together. It's the first yeah. bit of comedy that they actually have. Uh, yeah, and and there's a point where the Doctor gets his handcuffs removed, but only to be tied to a chair instead. That's a great bit of comedy. How very kind of you. How very unkind of you. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, some some quippy, almost modern Who esque humor. Yeah. Uh, on display, it's it was very very nice. Also, I've never seen a James Bond movie, but this is this feels very inspired by James Bond. Just having the uh, villain gloat childishly as the hero is chained to a, ch- a chair. It's a very James Bond esque moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
And also, just just Delgado and John Pertwee are just so good together. <laughs> yeah, perfect. you know, it's my favorite stuff in Doctor Who, isn't it? The good guy and the bad guy sit down for a chat, and it's literally what they're doing. Uh, where they sit down, and the Master's like, let me tell you my evil plan. So I'm going to contact the Sea Devils, and the Doctor's like, you're what? How do you even know about the Sea Devils? And he, the, the Master says the Time Lord's files? Uh, what? Yeah, it... <laughs> It's it's a little bit vague on what the Time Lords actually do. I guess we keep files on of our alien life, and the Master I could somehow underst- stole I, I, it. I could understand the Time Lords keeping files on alien life. You know, if they can travel through time, it's like a you know what 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 better service do you provide other than being an archivist? You yeah. know, <laughs> so, like what other purpose do you have? Isn't that the whole point of Time Lords? They're just supposed to watch and not interfere. You know archive what happens sort of thing so yeah no okay i can justify that in my head but yeah the master stole it for some reason and how did he know that was the one to steal or did he just grab some files at random um <laughs> i i can just imagine him just grabbing a whole fucking <laughs> big a fucking whole uh fucking case of them just like yeah running away running out with pages flying left and right behind you know he, he he could probably land his TARDIS inside like a whole desk of files and just take it away about like wow just land and then go away it's just you know don't you think it's weird we've never seen the master inside the master's TARDIS well not at this point in the terms of these two episodes but yeah but I mean like in the history of Doctor Who we have seen him in in his TARDIS before there's there's a point uh, like in Logopolis whatever that episode whatever that episode is called like the uh, Tom Baker season final. Okay, well, I I haven't yeah, seen that. You haven't seen Classic Who, but yeah, I think also in Terror of the Autons, his TARDIS is seen. It's like mm. it 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 it's it's um like a stable. It's like a caravan, like a circus. Okay, it's, yeah. it's been well, a long I, time I, since I've seen I, that. I assume, <laughs> I assume his chameleon circuit works. Yeah, most yeah. of the time anyway, because. In Logopolis, it's a it's another police box, but mm. he lands right next to the Doctor, and he also lands inside of the Doctor's TARDIS, okay. which is a great bit of fun. That's <laughs> not, that does, that yeah, episode. that does sound fun. That does sound fun. Uh, but I forgot where we were. The Doctor and the Master are chatting. The, doc- the Master's like, you know, I want to see the Sea Devils. And Doctor's like, why do you want to see the Sea Devils? And he's like, uh, well, they want to rule the Earth. And like, that's kind of my whole deal. So I was thinking we could be best mates. <laughs> like, yeah. Basically, every Roger Delgado episode is him wanting to be friends with other aliens and just rule the world together. That's yeah, like his shtick. Yeah, he just wants a friend to rule the world with. And the Doctor's <laughs> too much of a stick in the mud to say yes. Like, Also, we haven't really talked about the Sea Devils as a concept yet, but I really like the concept of the Sea Devils because... If you think about it, alien life could just come from under the water because like, something like 5% of it is explored. We don't know if there's intelligent life underneath there. I think we talked about this before. Uh, I don't know if we've gotten into any specifics about it, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess theoretically it's possible, but the chances of it were like next to zero, I would say, because just the amount of atmospheric pressure you get, like that's the reason why we haven't explored so far deep into the ocean because it becomes like unbearable whereas going into space is really easy because you just have to deal with one atmospheric pressure change from one to zero you know mm. like <laughs> uh which is why we haven't explored the ocean too much and also you know it's just kind of full of gross fish yeah it, that, that's what we've discovered is there's a weird looking fish the further you go down gross fish and a lot of fish yeah but what if right what if you keep going down yeah. far enough you go you you go down far enough and then at some point you just you end up 
coming back out you know yeah you just go to australia because you yeah. go so low <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> yes I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you dig deep enough and you just go to the other side of the world yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i've seen you a just... globe i know it's po- i know what's inside the earth <laughs> and it's a collection of whiskey dude dude you could just build a slide and just slide your way down to australia yeah you know yeah easy why, yeah. have, why haven't we done what we should do that? yeah see yeah <laughs> it's a conspiracy yeah no. <laughs> Uh, so we're cutting about a bit uh, coming up to this next scene as we cut to Hart who's radioing the submarine people he's like okay go under the water you're a submarine woo uh, and then we cut to some really pretty decent footage of a submarine I assume it's stock footage of a submarine but it's very cool yes it, yes, it's stock footage from the navy which it, it really works in this episode I think the stock footage really looks good because it's this episode has navy involvement in the first place so it, it doesn't seem like it's just cut into random footage it really fits well yeah, and it also uh, has some decent what looks like miniature work later on with the like submarine sinking and stuff like that. Yeah, we will get to that. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. there's a whole story behind that. It's gonna mm, be fun. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but you know, we we cut back to uh, Hart, and the receptionist says some stuff to him, and every time she says it, I find my brain zoning out. She starts talking about taxis and Land Rovers, and I'm like, what are you on about? Uh, yeah, she's like, oh, well, why didn't they just take the vehicles they came to the castle and and return it to here? And it's like, yeah, she's figuring out that the doctor is probably being kidnapped and Joe's on the run or something like that. Right. It's like, yeah, we as the audience know this. We don't need to watch other characters try to work out in real time what's going on. It's kind of boring. But how else are they supposed to cover 20 minutes, Scott? Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> To play the sword yeah, no. fight again for you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's play it, but this time it's set to Disco Inferno. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, they'll have uh, the Doctor and the Master will sit down and they'll be like, remember when we had that sword fight? And then you crossfade, right, yeah. to the start of the sword fight and you just watch it again. And then you cross, cut back and you're like, yeah, that was a good sword fight. <laughs> you know, remember when I said this bit? And then you crossfade again <laughs> you watch the sword fight again. Yeah, <laughs> like... Yeah. I am honestly surprised the doc- uh, do- Doctor Who doesn't use like more previous footage, like a clip show. Like that feels like something classic who would have done at some point because yeah. it's like seven hundred episodes. They must have run out of ideas at some point. They just needed. I, I to think the thing that made time. them had to keep coming up with new ideas is seemingly they just like threw away every episode once they finished yeah. recording it, so they couldn't create a clip show because they yeah. didn't have the footage. <laughs> Yeah, God, but I can't believe he just destroyed, like, hundreds of episodes. It's insane to think about compared to, like, Star Trek, which you can watch in, like, HD, mm-hmm. yeah. like, in, in proper film stock. It's insane just how British television worked in the day. Yeah. Speaking of Star Trek, uh, we're in the submarine uh, very briefly, and, you know, the guy says something to some guy. He goes over to the radio. Uh, and this is where the Star Trek bit comes in for me. Uh, f- multiple times, people keep saying "blow Q." Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I was thinking that because I was watching this, thinking, "Oh yeah, blow, blow." I get it, blow job. I mean, you yeah. just came up with a Q part and just yeah. makes the joke yeah. so much better. I was, yeah, yeah. 
I was I, I, I was trying to work in a blowjob joke as well. <laughs> yeah, see, my brain just that big. Uh, <laughs> for people that don't know, Q is a classic character from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, probably he's similar. also in he's also in Picard. Yeah, he's in the new season of Picard that's just starting. Uh, series two of Picard, which I I haven't seen series one yet. I still have a lot of Star Trek to catch up on, but yeah, no, Q's a great character, and they're showing there's love in Doctor Who when they're blowing him. But the submarine people pull out the periscope and they're like, hey, let's take a look around. And the guy's like, what are we looking for? And the other guy's like, I don't know. Nobody tells me nothing. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it feels like they should be warned about, oh yeah, there's some kind of uh, sea creature that's trying to attack you. Be on the lookout. Like, They're not sure what the fuck is going on here. It's like, poor health and safety. Uh, so we're back with the Doctor and the Master. The Master is still going on about how he wants to see the uh, human race get destroyed. Because that will really get him off. Uh, and then a guard comes in and he's like, oh, by the way, Trenchard wants to see you, Master. He wants to see you now. Uh, and the Doctor's like, oh, you better go because, you know, you're still a prisoner. Because <laughs> the Doctor doesn't hasn't figured out that Trenchard's brainwashed in yeah. this scene yet. You know, uh, it's it's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of stupid blunt of the doctor to just not be like oh yeah the, the trenchard is mind controlled i'll try to snap him out of it it's yeah it's silly but also there's something about the master just wanting to, to destroy the earth because the doctor is so fond of it it's like a younger brother just wanting attention from the older brother yeah 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 smashing his toy yeah uh, yeah uh, but then the doctor's like, oh my god, I'm handcuffed. As, <laughs> as we then <laughs> cut away to... And I know you were we were speaking before about the cars. Yeah. Uh, and how there were like French cars imported over because French would look, uh, you know, uh, futuristic to the British audience because it's a different type of car than they're used to seeing. They take off the doors and stuff like it. What I wasn't expecting was for it to be the size of a Hot Wheel car. <laughs> yeah that thing is tiny <laughs> <laughs> like it is comically small and it has like six men hanging off it like it is <laughs> hysterical like <laughs> and also they just completely pass joe like joe's right there and they just pass her by it's just kind of stupid and it's like three men are just on the lookout for her it's <laughs> yeah these are stupid ass guards i'm telling you Maybe the master brainwashed him a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he smoothed out their brain. Uh, <laughs> but this is also a scene where Joe starts running and the soundtrack matches each one of her footprints to make it seem like she's producing the sound. Have you ever seen that Family Guy episode with Randy Newman? And, and, he, just, and he just makes music to whatever he sees and he goes left leg, right leg, left leg, <laughs> right leg. <laughs> I've not, but yeah, that's basically what this is. <laughs> uh, while we're watching Joe run around the building, we quickly cut to Trenchard and the Master for a scene that takes like five seconds, where yeah. Trenchard's like, oh, Hart's on his way, and the Master's, and he's like, well, Hart's on the, his way, what should I do? And the Master goes, lie. <laughs> Again, it feels like something a Master would have told him before, just make up lies. It's Yeah. Or, you, yeah, you know we've seen Trenchard lie already because he's been lying to the doctor yeah. this entire time. Why yeah. would he be confused at this point? You know, just just be like, oh yeah, Joe and the doctor left like 
half an hour ago. You yeah. must have missed them. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely, I genuinely hate it. Like, it's <laughs> the most distracting soundtrack I've ever seen in an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it gets worse, though. That's the worst bit, isn't it? Because it gets, yeah. like, it gets unlistenable at one point. Yeah, the best part about this scene coming up is just the silence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Joe runs up to the window where the Doctor is hidden, and she's... Obviously, they can't communicate because apparently the window's so thick she can't just shout or i guess she doesn't yeah. want to get spotted that that would make more sense yeah uh, that makes sense because there's a guard just right yeah, outside the yeah. door if the doctor could hear her the guard could probably hear yeah. her uh so she starts mimicking like her plan and watching it twice and knowing what the plan is i don't get it i i, I can't read what she's actually trying to say uh yeah and- Ka- katie katie manning was told to improvise sign language and you can just tell what it's improvised like yeah. I'm, I'm surprised the doctor understands well it. that was that was it is when i was watching it i was like if i was writing this episode of doctor who the second that joe leaves i would have the doctor go i have no idea what she was saying you know <laughs> like, like just muttered to himself like what is the plan <laughs> like- it, it kind of reminds me of the opening of season four you know with the doctor and doctor at opposite sides of the room they're just yeah, peering yeah, yeah. through the window yeah, they're like it's you no it's you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah that reminds me of this it's yeah it's uh, yeah i presume russell t davis probably t- took inspiration from this maybe yeah yeah i'm sure it, it definitely even if he didn't uh consciously do it probably done yeah you know unconsciously because i mean he he was nine when this episode aired so uh we we stick with joe as she walks around a building and into the building uh, <laughs> where there's not really much of anything to note, really. It's it's my favorite yeah. classic Who trope that I've noticed, you know, it's really obvious in the hand of fear, uh, but where it's, you know, they'll front load the episode with about, you know, 10 minutes of story, then go, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> and just pad it out with people walking through a corridor. Yeah, just watching Joe Grant just run up, just tiptoe across like a castle for like thirty seconds without with, with do 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 do. do. <laughs> this music sounds like it was probably created in like two days at most. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. The guy saw the final cut and went, "Okay, I got it. Don't worry." And he just he just followed impulses as he was watching. Uh, yeah, but that's what the director has deep regret over this soundtrack. He was asking too much from him. Just, well, yeah, make it experimental. Yeah. Like, I think it's a bit too experimental. It yeah. just it's experimental into the point where it's not experimental anymore because it just sounds so outdated and just trash. It sounds like sound effects, as we've said before. Yeah, it's that's the the the, the difficult bit with it is it doesn't sound like music. It doesn't no. sound like a soundtrack. Like, I could get behind a synth soundtrack, you know, but asking for a synth soundtrack in a 1972 TV show yeah. this low budget is asking a lot. Uh, yeah. As we said as we said last week's episode, uh, this guy this guy making the music would return in the 80s, and I think he does a better job, because one of his most iconic episodes is Earthshock, and the music in that is pretty darn good. Yeah, go back and watch it, and it's just doo-doo. Do, do, do. <laughs> Every time the Cyberman moves her feet, just do 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 do. Why right, should be the noise of a Cyberman stomping? I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It would make them more intimidating. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm confused. Uh, so we we cut to the doctor and he's like, hey, guard. And then he shouts, hey, guard, to get the guard in because obviously he's been timing it. So he knows Joe's about to come into the door uh, and the guard comes in. And he's like, yo, wh why are you shouting me? And the doctor's like, ah, you know, can I, wh wh when am I going to get out of here? This is a bit annoying as Joe sneaks in behind him. And then the guard has a line that he's like, oh, you know, you're better off here, uh, doctor, than you are in one of the cells. So count yourself lucky. But isn't the doctor in the master's cell right now? I don't think so. Yeah, because the master was just in here working okay. on his machine. Okay, maybe he is. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if the master is... I don't know if this counts as a cell. It's very confusing because it doesn't feel like a cell. It just feels but he's like the a room. Oh, he's the only prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> so why do they need other cells? Surely yeah, this, this whole, is a cell. This, this whole prison in a fucking castle idea is just a bit weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those ideas where they went, where's the master? Oh, he's on, like, a prison island by himself. And that's where like the I, idea stopped. I, I feel like uh, fucking, like, maybe blindfolding the master and maybe handcuffing him so he can't remove his blindfold would have been a better idea at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's a silly idea, but yeah. still, it makes more sense because every fucking guard is hypnotized here and just... <laughs> He's living his life in just complete comfort. It's insane. Yeah. Though I tell you, Mustache Guard earned his money as an extra this episode. He's like the <laughs> only, like the main featured extra. He's in so many scenes with talking dialogue with the Doctor, you know? He's, I, wonder if he, I, wonder, I hope he's alive today. I wonder if his mustache is still as glorious. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Uh, but Joe sneaks in, and then when the guard walks away, because he doesn't have peripheral vision, he doesn't see Joe. Uh, and then Joe waves to the doctor, and as she waves, the goddamn soundtrack matches her wave. Like, yeah, and, and, yeah, another thing with the music. Every time a character moves position, like, they turn to the camera slightly, music happens. Whenever they sneak from behind the shadows, music happens. Whenever they walk downstairs, music happens. It's never-ending. There was a moment earlier with just silence as the doctor and Joe were communicating through the window and just, well, that was nice. I love silence. <laughs> Be more silent, please. That's it. You don't appreciate silence until you go a long time without it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, could you imagine your life to the soundtrack? You're just walking up the street <laughs> and just... <laughs> Do, 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 do. You, you open that door and it goes <laughs> yeah no it'd be hell we live in hell <laughs> yeah it's very interesting uh so you know joe goes over to the doctor's hang handcuffs and she's like oh they're locked and the doctor's like you know quietly you know uh, he's like oh, get the scr screwdriver and you know my modern who head is expecting you know, let's pull the sock screwdriver out of your pocket or inside your jacket sleeve or something because you've always got it on you. But no, Joe goes and gets a physical pair of screwdrivers and has to manually pick the lock. Yeah, that's, uh, that's because the sonic screwdriver wasn't magic at this point. But no, I, don't but think like, but I wouldn't even say it's magic to undo. Like, undoing handcuffs is something a sonic screwdriver should be able to do. I don't. I, I can't remember what the original intent for the sonic screwdriver was. It's been a while since I've watched Classic Who fully, but I can't remember him opening doors too much, unless it was mechanical doors or something like that. Yeah, but the handcuffs are mechanical. 
any that lock is a, any lock is mechanical it's it's yeah not in the same sense though it's 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 like more technological i, I suppose think, but like you, you know i i do. would argue you anything you can do with a physical screwdriver you should be able to do with a sonic screwdriver and then some you know mm. uh, but also the best part of this this moment of just Joe getting a screwdriver just silence and I think that's a good choice for the music man. <laughs> I call it the music man. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, what's what are you gonna play? Uh, or what can <laughs> you play? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, uh, would you not think the scene would be better with some <laughs> as the screwdriver gets plugged into the uh, handcuffs? But yeah, the point, the moments where Joe and the doctor have to be silent. And there's no music really works. That works because it's just silence. And also, I can imagine kids being like, "Okay, don't make a noise, otherwise the doctor will get into trouble." Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? You know, uh, sometimes music can really help build up the tension in a scene. Yeah. And uh, sometimes having no music is what really builds the tension. Is what helps sell it. Yeah. Is is putting you right in that environment. It's like when you when you're watching Tom Cruise just dive into water and you're and you ho- instantly hold your breath and you're like, <gasps> and you're just you're just like can can, can Tom Cruise survive this? Can I yeah. hold my breath as well? Actually, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit tipsy. I've been drinking quite a bit this evening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm drinking, drinking right now, uh, so my mind's a bit foggy. But you mentioning Tom Cruise there uh, flashed me into a thought I had had recently. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jason Statham's the only action star who owns his height. Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, how tall is he? Like three foot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I imagine he's about the same size as tom cruise but you know tom cruise you know he wears yeah. high heel shoes and he angles everything to make him look tall jason statham you know is a short man and he just owns it but yeah yeah not relevant but yeah thought i had i think tom cruise could be a pretty decent sea devil he's small enough he, he could be a tiny sea devil man and yeah. the neck wouldn't look so big you know and as far as we know, Scientologists <laughs> believe in sea devils. So, <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so we are with uh, Hart and Trenchard, where Trenchard's lying his, like, heart. Well, he's lying his heart out. Uh, and, you know, he's like, you know, oh, uh, Joe must have been mistaken when she said that she saw the master at the naval base because he's been here the whole time you know we've got him under lock and key it's everything's okay and you know Hart's like well can i see the master and he's like oh no i can't let you see the master that's against the rules but uh, you know and then some him and hawing uh gets his arm twisted he's like okay i'll show you the master and he pulls up the master on the cctv footage that we've seen previously and that made me be a bit confused yeah like why is the cctv footage enough reason for you to not yeah and also because the doctor's in the master's room where the that camera is yeah so where's that footage coming from i think he's just in a similar room it's just in a different room where there's also a camera that's not been set (laughs) up you know like yeah but yeah hart doesn't try really hard in this you know he he's very much is just willing to believe whatever trenchard says yeah i'm confused about why the master doesn't simply just like hide behind the door and be like aha i've got you heart and hypnotize him so he doesn't so he just goes away thinking oh yeah everything's fine it yeah. feels so much easier yeah <laughs> like, 
Or, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, it it's, <laughs> it's, doesn't it's, make sense. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, Doctor Who silly never. I don't believe it. Uh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So here we have a submarine shot. It's also a model, and this got the producers in quite a bit of trouble. Um, so naval intelligence gave him posters of nuclear submarines as a reference and visual effects designer Peter Day altered the design from a toy he bought from Woolworths as it was decided by Michael Bryant, the director, that one propeller would look silly and inaccurate on this uh, submarine. Um, so he added a bit, so he added a second propeller from a bit he got from like a washing machine and he just glued it on. And the next, and the following Monday after this episode aired, he got uh, uh, the, the producers got into trouble because they got real close to using a classified model. Uh, two men in uniform visited her office, looked over the footage, and laughed because it looked nothing like the propeller. Uh, it turns out a retired rear admiral had phoned the navy up mistakenly because he just thought it looked way too similar to like a um, classified model. <laughs> So this 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 whole crazy thing just gluing on a second propeller is just enough to get almost get him into trouble, and the and the producers couldn't legally talk about the story for decades because the navy didn't want Russians finding out their secret design, which is fucking mental. You can but you can buy a toy from Woolworths and have it look close enough to like a classified model. Yeah, that's, ruin. That's, yeah, that's wild. That is that is absolutely wild. Uh, I will say though, it's some really good miniature work. I was really, yeah. really impressed with it. Yeah, this whole thing really works. It's just you know, it's just a bit. It's just a model on a string, and there's an undersea under and there's an undersea backdrop, and there's smoke to make it look like it's underwater, and it really looks solid. I yeah. think that's where I think that's the strengths of uh, classic Doctor Who when they were do when they do model work it always looks pretty darn, damn decent I think yeah yeah you know even going back to series one and series two you know uh, whenever they do model work you can tell like oh that's model work but it's pretty high quality looking model work uh, yeah so yeah they always do it decent so uh, we go inside the submarine. You know they're 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 scanning with their sonar. Then suddenly they hit something, and the sonar goes wild, and it like it goes so wild that uh, it lets it, it makes your ears bleed as well. Yeah. Uh, it does a really really good job of selling how wild it's gonna get. I really relate it to the guard going, "Ah, oh, my ears." Uh, <laughs> also, the music in this scene kind of works because it kind of sounds like it's just a sonar going. It's just off. the sound effect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's it not works. music. It's a sound effect. That's that's what it I is. I guess it is sound effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's also a great bit at the end of this where you're like, oh no, we're in danger, and the shot just goes out of focus. That's really yeah, good. I re- kind yeah, of work. yeah, I really like that. And then we cut to uh, the submarine sitting like by you. Just, you can't see anything around it. It's just the submarine in the depths of the ocean by itself, as everybody's like panicking that something's coming for them. You know, it's uh, that isolation. I really, really, yeah. really like. And I, the, and I like all the submarine stuff. It's like genuine, yeah. like horror. <laughs> Yeah, it really works well, and it really holds up well because it's just so simple yet really effective. And you can tra- you can tell they're trying to be creative, and just the camera shot just going out of focus. That's so simple yet so effective. Yeah. 
so we uh, cut to the master and Trenchard, where Trenchard's like, you know, uh, I can't keep lying. I've, I've said so many lies. And the master's like, no, no, don't worry. You, you've, you've, you've done a good job lying. I'm really impressed. <laughs> he for? I know, he's yeah. not, you know. The lying he's done is, oh, the master's here, goodbye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Hart looks totally suspicious. Yeah, that's good yeah. work. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, then they go on to talk about the device that the Master's been making, and we find out that it's a device to communicate with the Sea Devils, uh, and that is the perfect like mimicry of uh, a Sea Devils device, and that it's going to absolutely work. And this is something, again, that gets me a bit confused, because the way that the Master sells this to Trenchard is that it's going to get the Sea Devils on their side, and they're going to work for them, and then later on, when we see the Master use the Sea Devils, you know, for ill... Uh, Trenchard's like, what are you doing? Why are you using the Sea Devils like this? But why does Trenchard care? Because he's brainwashed. Unless he's not yeah. been brainwashed this entire time, and he's <laughs> just working with the Master because he's naive. Yeah, I, I think the whole Master brainwashing people just kind of doesn't make sense in this episode at all. It's just... And also, there's a point where the Master leaves the room, and he's like, oh yeah, I need a guard next <laughs> yeah. with me, and I need to keep up appearance. Keep up appearance for who? <laughs> Everybody who else is brainwashed. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Every guard is brainwashed. Everyone in the castle knows the situation who isn't brainwashed. Like... There's no one you're trying to trick here. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. The, there's really no consistency with uh, the brainwashed plotline at all. You know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a good thing they got rid of the master's hypnosis. Yeah, probably because <laughs> one, it makes the master almost too OP. You yeah. Know? And two, you have to come up with weird scenarios to get around it that don't work. I almost think that this story would be better if everybody was immune to the master's brainwashing and he had yeah. just genuinely convinced him that, that, he, that he's a good guy you know he yeah. had to turn up turn up his charm that he's yeah, a good maybe, guy maybe he convinces them that we need the sea devils otherwise the earth will be destroyed or something like yeah. that he yeah just, he, he has he to... uses his charm and wit to trick them yeah to con them because yeah Roger Delgado feels like a con man. He feels like a perfect con man. Even though he's evil, he feels like he's charming enough to pass off as a good guy. Mm -hmm. The goatee makes you a bit more suspicious. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, God, God, God. I love his goatee. It's just perfect. It's it's very villainous. He's got a it's a big chin as well. He's got a big chin. Yeah, that, that helps and it, sell it. And, it. and it just has a big point at the end. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's perfect. A face for a villain, really. God, uh, God, God is so sad. He just didn't. He wasn't able to do more before his death. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's the stuff with Trenchards. It's mostly pointless, other than to say like, "This is the machine I'm working on." That's what yeah. the the pl the point of the scene is. It's basically just to give a master someone to communicate to, so we we as an audience understand what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the doctor and Joe, uh, where Joe hides behind the door again. The doctor calls the guard in after unlocking their hand his handcuffs, uh, and Joe like crouches down behind him as if they're in like a schoolyard and they're about to knock yeah. over the guard. Uh, in which they do knock over, and then Joe karate chops the guard in the throat. <laughs> uh, in which the doctor and Joe handshake, and then they have a little charming scene where they're at the open door and they're like, "After you? No, no, no! After you? Oh, I insist! After you? You know, which is a bit of fun." Okay, uh, so as uh, Joe is trying to get up, you'll see that she tries to adjust her trousers because they keep falling down. Uh, uh, the fly keeps falling down because they shrank because of the water scenes. 
and she didn't have a spare pair and just there's a whole lot of trouble with her trousers near the end of this episode um but yeah um the the part where we're walking out of the room and we're like oh yeah after you was unscripted but um it cuts right before john pertwee starts laughing because he saw what her fly was down (laughs) (laughs) he just starts laughing also you'll know i don't know if you'll notice this there's a bit of a continuity error because of her trousers um, she, at, when she entered the room, she put her handbag behind the door. But because she was distracted by her trousers, she forgot to pick up the handbag again. So she leaves the room without her handbag. And in the next scene, she'll, we'll see her handbag. <laughs> I didn't pick up on any. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on her like fly being down, her adjusting it. Now going back and watching it, yeah, her hand yeah. immediately goes to fix her trousers, then it cuts, uh, <laughs> and she's like, no, she's like standing up, and it's fine. Uh, yeah, you know, no. I, if you didn't tell me, I in a million years would never have noticed that. This is the type of stuff you'll learn when you just watch the DVDs. This, there's whole loads of special features, and there's like a whole segment about her trousers. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Like there's product there's production notes when you're watching an episode, so you'll just be reading along with the episode and just be like, Oh yeah, this actor was in so and so and you'll learn stuff about behind the scenes trivia and these DVDs are amazing. They're just so full of special features. So we cut to Hart and the receptionist very briefly, where like basically he's like, Let's find out where the doctor and Joe are. You know, they've been yeah. gone for a while. Let's let's find out where they are. Uh, then we cut to the Master and Trenchard where they're discovering the knocked out mustache guard. Uh, and they're like, oh, what happened here? And he's like, well, obviously it was the Doctor and Joe. They've escaped. And he's like, oh, no. And he's like, yes, we must find them. And that's those two scenes back to back. It, it's it's yeah. about as quick as I described it as well, if not quicker. Yeah. It's, it's like it's doing that classic Who thing where we're in a scene for five seconds before we cut yeah. to the next scene. Every scene with Hart and with Absol just feels like filler. It's it's like, oh yeah, if this is what's going on in the plot, we're kind of suspicious of what's going on here, but yeah, we're suspicious. That's, yeah. that's, that's our whole gimmick, this episode. The only thing that Hart is good for in this episode was introducing the submarine captain. Other yes. than that, he had no purpose. Also, there's a point in this episode where I'm like, why is the master still ordering Tranchard around? He's useless. Just do whatever you want to do yourself. Yeah, but he's got a charm, you know? He just, he likes (laughs) golf, and the master can appreciate that. (laughs) Then we get my favorite scene in the episode. Uh, it is, it's my favorite scene. So the submarine is sinking, it crashes down into the ground. Uh, and you know, the, uh, captain and his first mate, they're like, what's going on? You know, we've, the, every, the ship's fine. Everything's going well. Then we start hearing this thumping, you know, this clanging, uh, and it just echoes and it's absolutely terrifying. The sound design is just perfect as well. It feels so atmospheric. It's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what I'm going to use for the cold open for this because it is, it is like, it feels tense. It's terrifying. Uh, and the, uh, you know, the, the captain's like, you know, is it divers? No, the captain, the first mate's like, is it, is it divers? And the captain's like, that's impossible for it to be divers. Then we get a radio from somewhere else in the submarine. They're like, they're here. They're, you know, they're attacking. They're coming in. They're go-. And, the, you know, it's that classic horror movie where they don't say what it is. They just keep using the pronouns they. Uh, and, you know, obviously we know it's the sea devils. But then, you know, and credit where credit is due with the terrible soundtrack. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the horrible audio sting for the sea devils that were going on for two episodes before this. <laughs> when the guy goes, they're here. Ah! And he screams down the mic. And then you just get that sea devil sting. I think it was really, really effective. You know? Yeah. Um, so the actor playing the bearded man, the captain, had been in Doctor Who before, but he hated like the overacting, you know, the reaction shots in classic we were, we're like, yeah. <gasps> and yeah. we just kind of, so here he goes very subtle, like, oh, his eye is twitching, but as he's on the radio, his, his subtle acting is really good here because it feels like he's trying to remain control, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just like, I'm scared, my eye is twitching, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really good scene. It Honestly, the scene saved the episode for me. Uh, also... Also, the camera works really well. It's like a, a, a tilted angle. It mm-hmm. works because it's a shipwrecked submarine. Yeah. It's it's great. <laughs> God's sake. Uh, then we cut to Trenchard for half a second for him to say, get the guards after the Doctor and Joe. You know, we, we, we could have assumed he would have done that off screen. I don't think we really need yeah. to see that sort of thing on screen. In the original script, um, Trenchard would have ordered the guards to be like, kill them on sight, which would make sense. I like the whole, oh yeah, just just make them live because, you know, what's coming up next is kind of a dangerous situation for them to get out of. But we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, so we find out that the Doctor and Joe are running towards a the beach where there's just so happens to be a minefield. And uh, Trenchard's like, we've got to stop them. The Master's like, no, let them go to the minefield because we'll test out the new device to get the Sea Devils out uh, to attack, you know, the Doctor and that, and we'll trap them using this device. Uh, And he turns it on, and then I can't tell if it's the soundtrack or if it's a sound effect uh, that's worrying the machine. Like, it's impossible to tell the difference. And it's, like, the worst sound ever. It's just, again, like, most of Doctor Who is just noise. Classic Who is just noise. Yeah. It just beeps and... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not great. Uh, we then also cut to the Doctor and Joe on what appears to be the windiest day ever. Uh, there's no audio, thankfully. The, the great soundtrack's carrying us over uh, for this scene, but their hair <laughs> is just going mental. Like... <laughs> Or something about John Pertwee's hair flowing in the wind. I, I really like it. It really works. But yeah, his little cape is just flowing as well. Yeah. And this is also the scene that really made me laugh because, you know, I must have not been looking at my TV uh, when we first saw the car, so I didn't get a proper good look at it until this scene with all, like, six guys coming on the car, driving along the beach and climbing out of it. It's like a clown car. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> also, so, like, uh, I assume for whatever reason, the sand dunes at this beach are just insanely high uh, because <laughs> the doctor has to get some rope to, uh, like, climb down them. Yeah. And, you know, he jumps down them, and then we cut to Joe, who has to jump down them as well. And it looks like she just plants her face immediately into the sand. Yeah, there's a reason for this. Okay, so this abseil in sequence was delayed two days due to fog, and we're talking about the bad weather here, and it's, it's obviously still windy as we're shooting this. So originally the two men who were going to be the stunt doubles for John and Katie dropped out because obviously we were waiting two days to shoot this scene and they couldn't be paid anymore. 
Uh, John offered to do the abseil himself because he's a man of action and Katie was asked if she had done it before and she made the mistake of saying yes even though she hadn't done it before. So on her first take, as she's going down, she rips her trousers and she has severe rope burn due to the rope. So yeah, it it doesn't sound like it's fun. Right, so that, that'll be why it looks like a bit of a messy jump because it it was a messy jump. Because it, yeah, but... it honestly looks like she just falls flat on her face. Literally her second time doing this. Ucha. Not fun. John Pertwee is, is excellent at it, though. It's, it's amazing how well John Pertwee does his action, considering he has a bad back and a bad leg, and he just chooses to do all the action scenes himself. He's like a regular Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, probably afterwards he sits down and he goes, that was a terrible idea. But, you yeah. know, in the moment <laughs> he can do it. And at the beginning of episode four, he has a big entry. We'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, so they're running along the beach. The clown car empties and everyone's aiming guns at them. The master and trench are behind them with their device. And over to the right of them is a minefield. They're completely encircled. Uh, when I was first watching this, I missed the them mentioning that there was a minefield. So them suddenly cutting to a minefield made me laugh out loud. Where I went, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is there a minefield suddenly? Uh, but they did set it up previously. So that was my bad for not realizing that they did set it up. But it led to a great moment for me, honestly. <laughs> But, but yeah, this is like the perfect setup for a cliffhanger. The Doctor is like in an open space, but yet everywhere he turns, he's completely fucked. There's guards yeah. to the left of him, minefield to the right, sea devil be- in front of him, master behind him. There's no way out of a situation. Or so, obviously there is a way out of a situation because he has to survive. He's the main character, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Uh... I, I missed the missed my opportunity to make the reference to the song, but I'll do it now. You know, it's uh, Master to the left of them, Guns to the right, and he's stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it, I thought it was a really good cliffhanger as well because it's like an impossible, it's like a genuine impossible scenario to get yeah. off as opposed to the Master threw a knife at him, you know? And, yeah. And so, like, one last thing I will say about this episode in terms of, like, behind-the-scenes trivia. Um, the shot of a sea devil is extremely hard. Uh, the shot of him getting out of the water is extremely hard to do because there's a problem with the masks that caused water to fill inside. So every time a sea devil is getting out there, the actor inside is almost drowning, which sounds terrifying. There's nobody there to rescue the actors because there's no health and safety measures in the 1970s which sounds really rough. Uh, the original plan was to have sub-aqua breathing apparatus under the costumes but the mask was too close to her head to fit air tubes and this ruined plans of undersea shots of de- the devils in their natural habitat. Yeah. It sounds rough for these actors. It man. does. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible time. I will say, I think the shot of the sea devil climbing out the ocean is cool as heck. I think yeah, it looks really good. It's kind of the most memorable part of this episode. It really works well, and the costume is pretty darn decent as well. It's it's, it's decent great. from a distance. Yeah. When they do the close-ups yeah. for the costume, it's horrendous. But from a distance, it's really good. Yeah, the, the close-ups just don't work, but from it's a distance... It's the dead eyes, really it's the dead yeah. eyes that's... Then, yeah. 
I, I wonder if, if they fixed that in the modern series, because we haven't really seen too much footage of the Sea Devils in the new episode yet. I presume they'll see GIVI so it blinks sometimes. Yeah, and that'll do wonders, honestly. I, I think a mix with CGI and like practical costumes would be the perfect route to do it. I think that's the perfect route to do any special effect. Yeah. Is do a practical effect and then touch up the details you can't master with practical with CGI. You know, it yeah. it makes everything look better. I will say in Warriors of the Deep, which is like the sequel episode to this, where the Sea Devils team up with the Silurians, I think there's some shots where the Sea Devils actually blink. So that's interesting. Yeah, well, I'm sure that was a nightmare for the puppeteer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the Sea Devils climb out. We get a really, you know, we get a close-up of the Sea Devils who are saying that doesn't look super great. And then we cut to a close-up of the Doctor as well as he's as he's looking on. And then the audio sting comes in as we're cutting to the credits. How's the Doctor going to get out of this one? And that's the end of episode <coughs> three. So, Scott, what did you think of part three of the Sea Devils? Yeah, it's one of those episodes where... I wouldn't even say the first five minutes are good because the first five minutes is just the last five minutes of the last episode. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those episodes where uh, the bookends are very good, but the middle is just like a whole load of padding. There's some great moments between the Doctor and Joe, as we've said. Uh, there's great moments between the Master and the Doctor. Overall, the episode isn't too great. It's it's fine. There's some great horror elements with the submarine as well. But yeah, apart from that, there's kind of nothing of value to this episode, I would say. I think you could combine part three and four and make a really good part three. Yeah. You know? I, I, I think the same with part two and part three, because part two was nothing as well. It's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the issue when you come into six-part stories, is there's yeah. just too many episodes and not enough story. Uh, yeah. There, I think there's a good, like... 80 to 90 minute episode in here if you just combine all the parts and condense them down there's some good stuff in here yeah i think part three is good i you know you're about to find out what we think about part four in a couple moments uh i definitely think part three is the better of these of the of these two that we're looking at this week i think part three you know it's got the submarine tension scene that i really like the cliffhanger's good the comedy segments with uh uh, you know uh, the master and that and joe and the doctor get on really really well plot wise it's kind of all over the place but you know it's it's a fine i'd say mid- mediocre episode of yeah. classic doctor who yeah i so for some reason i think watching classic doctor Who because i when i watched this i watched it in like the space of two or three days and i think that's a perfect way to do it because you don't feel like it's empty because you're just immediately going to the next one. You kind of forget all the bad parts for the last one. I can't imagine waiting six weeks for a story to unfold. It's like you sit down on a Saturday night and you're like, nothing happened this week except the doctor got stuck in a, in a, on a beach. That's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the doctor got arrested, then he escaped, then he got stuck on a beach. Yeah, it's surprising this show lasted 26 years doing this format of just four to six parts. It's it's something that kind of doesn't work. It doesn't work, imagine. Yeah. It, it definitely yeah. doesn't work for a modern eye. Like, I, they couldn't pull this yeah. off, like, anymore. Obviously, it works for a show because, obviously, doing a six-parter is so much cheaper than doing a one-parter because you get the same actors, the same writer, the same director, the same cast, and just... 
everything to, all the same costumes you and... do one big shoot and you stretch it and then you've got the next month and a bit of tv done you know yeah like so yeah it makes yeah. sense from a production standpoint but from a audience standpoint and a structure standpoint it's not great yeah but with that oh, yeah. we shall jump right in to episode four part four of the sea devils where nothing happens <laughs> but it's different this time everybody saw it even trenchard and the guards and you think trenchard will confirm your story i doubt it the master's got some sort of hold over him. The doctor's seen these creatures before. Oh, I'm quite sure he has, Miss Grant. In some caves in Derbyshire. You see, they want to take over the earth. Oh, really, Miss Grant? Well, we'll retake it if you like. And what they're going oh, to all do right, is... All right, all right, all right. Let me deal with the explanations. Look, it's like this. Only cheese, I'm afraid. The best the steward could do. Oh, that's super. Thanks very much. For heaven's sakes, Joe. What do you think this is, a picnic? All right. Well, let's forget about the sea devils. What about Trenchard target, trying to take us prisoners, then? Well, I only have your word for that, haven't I? All right. What about the theft of your electronic spares? Surely you'll agree that happened. Since I was here at the time, yes. The Master stole those parts to make his calling device. And... His what? Well, he's developed some way of communicating with them. Probably an ultra-high-frequency sonic beam. He's rather good, come on. No, thank you. Sandwich? Thank you. I'm so sorry. So the episode begins exactly where the last episode left off. We actually, I think, much like episode three, it shows quite a bit of the previous scene uh, for, instead of picking right up from the cliffhanger. But as we remember, the Doctor is surrounded uh, by soldiers, by the Master, and by a sea devil coming out off, you guessed it, the sea. Uh, oh my god, what a twist. <laughs> The uh, doctor decides we're just going to run through the minefield that's to the side of us. Uh, and they dart off that way while the sea devil decides it wants to switch sides for a quick moment and shoots and kills the unit soldiers because it wouldn't be an episode of Classic Who without murder within the first two minutes. Uh, you know, there's there's been a... I, I'd say there's been a lack of murder. There's been a lot of off-screen deaths so far. This is the first... Yeah. Like, gr it's like this is our first group death. And now it feels like Classic Who. <laughs> You know, you're watching yeah. five or six guys die at the same time. Yeah, the violence has been surprisingly lackluster this uh, few episodes we've been covering. <laughs> and yeah. there, when the, when John Pertwee falls to the ground, he accidentally, he accidentally landed on the sonic screwdriver and bruised his rib, which sounds very painful. The Doctor and Joe go over to the minefield. It's covered in barbed wire, and the Doctor's solution to getting over this barbed wire is to simply throw his body on top of it. It it, it struck me as not the best way to get past barbed wire. Uh, <laughs> I just love it if our Doctor is up for anything. Just just jump on top of barbed wire. It's the best solution. I loved and when also... he did it the second time, because he's doing it for Joe to get by. <laughs> and the second time he does it, Joe just kind of steps through the bit that he didn't fall on. <laughs> uh, but um this use of a sonic screwdriver i love it he's just basically using it to set off the mines which is perfect yeah uh it's, it's a pretty good use this is uh we 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 were thinking is this the first time we've seen the sonic screwdriver in classic who but no we apparently saw it before uh with um 
The yeah, it was at the end. It was at the end of the Hand of Fear, yeah. where the Doctor is underneath the console fixing the TARDIS. Yeah, this is a much more prominent use of the screwdriver, though. It's the first time it's like plot use. Yeah, so I I I was looking up like a video of every single use of a sonic screwdriver every day, and it's like a twenty-five minute long video. Only the first two and a half minutes are from the classic series. I mean, all the rest of the 23 minutes are just from the new series, which but, is insane but to if think you were, about. But if you were to do another cut of the amount of times the Doctor <laughs> shot a gun, there'll be like oh, yeah. a minute and a half, if that, in Modern Who, and about three hours, I'd bet, in classic Who. Yeah, yeah we, 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 should, we should make a video of every time the Doctor holds a gun. That'd be a... 800 odd hours it's gonna be a while (laughs) yeah um but you know the doctor's working their way through the minefield with the sonic screwdriver the sea devil finishes killing off the unit guys which trenchard doesn't seem that fussed about uh and the master's like why is the sea devil not going after the doctor he amps up his machine that called the sea devil out and it makes an annoying noise not the most annoying noise you'll hear this episode i assure you (laughs) um and the Sea Devil goes charging after the Doctor right into the minefield. The Doctor sets off the mines, and then the Sea Devil makes the most horrendous scream you've ever heard and runs back into the ocean. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a fine opening, and it's the classic, classic, classic Doctor Who uh, method of, you know, the cliffhanger before wasn't really much of a cliffhanger because they solve it in two minutes. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's every cliffhanger. It's, yeah. it it get it gets kind of repetitive after a while. You just realize. I like the inventiveness of it. You have to think. Yeah. How are they going to get out with this <laughs> next time? How are they going to solve this problem in two minutes? And usually it's, yeah, they got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> they missed the. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the, uh, the mines going off looks pretty decent. effect. Um, I think we only had enough budget to to take three takes of this. And we got it on the first take, and it looks pretty decent. Nice. It's just, uh, in, in classic Who fashion, once the sea devil runs away, we then cut to the Doctor continuing to scan for mines, and then cut <laughs> back to the sea devil to make sure we watch it run into the ocean. Uh, you know, so we're not confused oh, yeah. as to where it goes. It just drags on that, like, three seconds too long. Yeah, funnily enough, the script for this episode was actually going to be longer than 25 minutes, so we had to cut down the script, which is funny. Apparently, the way we did that was by cutting out a lot of the uh, exterior scenes, which have cost more money, and just like condensing more of the sh- um, exterior scenes instead. Which is why most of this episode is uh, studio based, which mm. is not my favorite kind of classic Doctor Who. Just watching him stand around in a room. It's uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why the Web Planet. Yes, I've still not watched the finale for it. <laughs> is so hard to get through because it's all studio entirely, yeah. and it's bad. <laughs> so uh we cut to Hart who is panicking that the submarine has, still hasn't surfaced as if we remember from last episode the submarine has sunk to the bottom and it led to a very good scene and they're getting attacked by sea devils. So I think he sends says that they need to send out for help, don't they? Uh yeah. and then we cut to the submarine where there's a guy in a very bright orange suit who I assume he's about to go into a what's the name of that suit called? deep sea diving um, suit i guess you know the the classic yeah. like bioshock one yeah it was a, it's a it's called a sub escape suit uh mm. they so they wanted these suits from the navy but the navy would only provide them for the suits on location so the costume designer had to find a good substitute and it looks pretty much identical yeah 
Uh, and, the, you know, we presume that that guy's about to go out to see what the problem is. Uh, and then also, uh, we find that the door's getting hot on the other side. And why, 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 what, I wonder why the door would be getting hot. But, you know, if you remember from episode two, uh, the sea devils can melt doors. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, so the submarine captain's like, okay, small arms, everybody gets a gun, because this is classic Who, and now we're about to amp up the violence, baby. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to mention the way that these people hold their guns. Uh, I, I, I don't know much about guns, so uh -huh. I might be completely mistaken here, but I feel like you're not supposed to put your hand over the bit that's a really hot vent. Yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> And, and also, you say there's going to be a lot of violence. What happens is we cut there's to a very a close violence, up. Yeah. We cut to a close up of the sea devil's dead eyes, as he kind of looks around a bit, and there's noise, and it and the scene ends. I presume he just kills everyone <laughs> off screen. He, do, he doesn't. He doesn't remember if you. Well, I might, he he might kill a few people, but the, the sea captain and stuff's fine because they start yeah. like touching. Okay. They start like holding hands later on. Remember something like that. Anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, but we see the door melting, which I'm still really impressed with that effect. I think that effect really holds up well. I think it looks really good. Yeah, Peter Day's special effects in this episode is excellent. Just all those submarine shots of the model shots just look great. So we uh, we cut to Trenchard and the Master, and my confusion on the brainwashing scenario deepens with every passing moment. Yeah. Because... Uh, <laughs> Because I was uh, listening back onto parts of episodes one and two, and I think it's in episode two, the doctor says that Trenchard is clearly brainwashed. Yeah. And he's figured out that Trenchard's brainwashed. And then obviously in episode three, the doctor seems to have forgotten that he's figured that out. And now, here in episode four, Trenchard is complaining to the master that the master never told him that they were working with sea devils, and he thought that they were working with enemy agents. So, you know... Russia, yeah. China, whatever, uh, enemies of the state. Uh, so I'm really confused as to why Trenchard would have thought that and why he would have cared if he was brainwashed or maybe he just wasn't brainwashed. Maybe they forgot that he was brainwashed. Yeah. And also the, the master has to have a conversation with him, basically being like, oh yeah, the sea devils want to enslave the entire earth. They want to destroy the earth, which is something that he shouldn't have to do if he has a power of brainwashing him. Like... <laughs> He doesn't yeah, need he to have a to conversation with him. He has to convince yeah. him that the Sea Devils uh, are like this enemy worth defeating or yeah. worth conquering to, under your will, essentially. Yeah, it's a weird scene. It's a weird scene. I mean, on the script, I guess it's a fairly compelling scene because this is how people convince people that people from other countries are bad people. They just, mm -hmm. they just have some kind of charm or anything else just to like convince people. But it just doesn't work in a show. <laughs> Yeah, it it doesn't work because, you know, you've established this guy's brainwashed, not brainwashed, brainwashed, and not brainwashed within the same, like, three episodes. I, I guess maybe his, uh, the master's hold on him is just kind of slipping, is the intent? It's not communicated but... in that way at all. No. It's communicated that Trenchard isn't brainwashed and that he's, like, a lackey for the master and that he's been duped into working with him. Yeah, I do wonder if the novel uh, tries to clear that up a little bit. I guess we have to read the novel now. <laughs> Readings for nerds. <laughs> uh, we then cut to the Doctor and Joe, who stand against a bush for about 15 seconds. And that's that scene. And they just, they say that they need to go get back to heart as they're hiding away from the unit troops. 
Uh, one thing yeah. I, I will mention, just because there's nothing to talk about in that scene, is uh-huh. uh, I'm actually really impressed with the scan that Britbox got for this episode. It is like crisp. It's like Blu-ray clear. It is really, yeah, really good. I, I was, yeah, it looks really <laughs> solid. And that goes to like the restoration team. Just the people who put these DVDs together, this is probably DVD quality. And the people who put these DVDs together do such a great job because this this is videotape and it looks really crisp and clean yeah yeah and some of the episodes you know uh depending on certain scenes it can get a bit rough and a bit scratchy looking but this episode for the most part i think looks like very very nice some of the stock footage looks rather rough like of the naval footage um so yeah um they're being chased by a horse and two people in little cars it's yeah. not much of a threat but that's because there's no budget this episode uh the director wanted more horses but run out of stuntmen which that'll do <laughs> which it. is that'll always do the case yeah. <laughs> so we then cut back to the master and trenchard where trenchard's saying that you know the doctor and that have escaped and that he's going to head back to heart Master's like, oh, no, that's not going to be a good deal. Hart's going to come over asking questions because they're going to tell him anything. Uh, and Trenchard's like, yeah, what should we do if Hart comes back? And the Master says, simple, just don't answer the door. Pretend you're not home. <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay, fair enough. I can do that. But what if units start getting involved? Uh, because, you know, I'm supposed to be working with unit and they'll find out that I'm not a good guy. And the Master goes, shut up. I'm going to kill you soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it, it's like very heavy foreshadowing. You know, it's like your troubles yeah. will soon be over. Like, yeah, I, I am so surprised that the Master just keeps up with Trenchard for four episodes. It feels like he should have been gone rid of like episode one or two. It's yeah, just, I know. Yeah. Why is, why is the Master still hanging around with Trenchard? Just kill him and move on. He doesn't seem to do, he doesn't do anything either, does he? Yeah. That I can remember. Maybe I'll get my memory refreshed. Uh, going ba- over the episode again, but from what basically, I remember, yeah, yeah, basically all Trenchard does is to be the guard to keep up appearances that he's being kept in prison. That was the first two episodes, at least. Now he's just like, but but master, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. basically his plot. <laughs> Uh, we then cut to the submarine with, again, a very nice-looking uh, miniature shot of it driving through the ocean. Uh, and we're inside the submarine where the Sea Devil was attacking, but now they seem to be best friends. Uh, and the Sea Captain and the Sea Devil hold hands briefly, and they lock eyes. It's like, oh! Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Sea Devil's, like, pointing them towards the base. If you remember the base where Jabba the Hutt was living, uh, that's where he's telling the submarine to go. And the first mate's like, hey, sea captain, come chat to me over here. Shouldn't we kill all the sea devils? And the captain goes, no, I want to find out where they live. Then we'll kill all the sea devils. I'm sure that'll go well for us. Uh, oh, yeah. Like... I'm, like, it's fun. It's an interesting concept that the sea devils would team up with the submarine guys for whatever reason. I just don't know how that would have got communicated. To, like, you know, this from the scene where we left where all the guns are pointed at the sea devil to now they're yeah. working with it. What happened in between there? And I feel like they don't know, and that's why we don't see it. The Sea Devils really aren't characterized well, because we, we're four episodes in, and none of them have spoken, none of them have really communicated. Next episode, one of them will speak, but only one will speak. And it's not much of a personality even when they speak. And it's just... Yeah, it's just... Uh, and also the Sea Devils being... Um, called to the shore by the master is a bit of a lazy thing because I prefer, I would prefer just seeing the sea devils be their own independent people. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, but instead they're led by, like, the sonar signal the Master sends out, and they don't have a mind of their own. And, they, you know, they seem to be thoughtless murder machines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, if you first, if you compare that to, like, the Silurians, and you you haven't seen the classic era Silurians, but they're very much the same as they are now. It's like, they have personalities. Although it's like... They love Victorian bit- women. Yeah, it's a bit two-dimensional of our personalities in the classic series, but it's still personalities, and they all have, like, personalities, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's I, kind of important. For- yeah, yeah. Personal- the hit YouTube video by uh, Mess, <laughs> by the hit YouTube channel Mess, Personalities, yeah. You're right. Uh, so, and also, uh, the sea captain calls one of the, well, the sea, di- the, the sea captain calls the sea devil green gilbert which is slang for bogies which i never knew about um, that's a really old-timey slang <laughs> yeah. it really is <laughs> then we get a really long scene that is brilliant uh yeah. <laughs> absolutely brilliant scene it starts off i th- i thought i thought it starts off i thought a bit shaky uh, yeah. And then it turns into like just a brilliant Doctor Who uh, scene, like a proper like y- y- this could fit into any era of Doctor Who Doctor Who scene. Yeah, so this this scene basically is just an exposition scene to remind viewers of what's been happening over the last three weeks and what happened to the Silurians. And it starts off with Joe being like, "Oh yeah, this is like the species found in Derbyshire in the caves." And do- the Doctor then explains the situation to Hart. It's like, "Oh no, it's just is this just going to be exposition?" But then the lady comes in with some sandwiches and it just turns into comedic gold. Yeah. She uh, gives the sandwiches to Joe because Joe had asked them and the doctor tells Joe off like, why are you ordering sandwiches? We have got serious business to be doing. You cannot be eating sandwiches at this time. You know, we've got sea devils to deal with. Then he turns to talk back to Hart and give him some more exposition, kind of forgets that he's uh, just told Joe off and starts aimlessly eating the sandwiches, just absentmindedly eating the sandwiches as he's talking. And it's, it's compelling. Um, <laughs> and when he offers the last slice to a lady it just came in yeah and she takes it she she takes it because yeah i love that he's eating he's like mm, these are quite nice do you want one <laughs> yeah. and then joe tells the doctor off and i love uh the uh receptionist is like i'll get you some more sandwiches joe it's okay and she leaves again and i love when uh, john pert returns and he goes i'm so sorry as he's putting the plate down it's a great yeah. scene yeah, I can just imagine any doctor doing that. It's such a doctorism. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, but also, as we open the scene, Joe is drinking hot chocolate, and the doctor is actually drinking whiskey, which yes. is very rare for the doctor to be drinking booze. I thought that as well. That's the only thing I thought until he started eating sandwiches. But I was like, oh, it's weird <laughs> to see the doctor drinking whiskey. Yeah. yeah, so this was back in the day, obviously, when alcohol and cigarettes were like pretty much regular on kids tv programs it's something that's been stopped quite a while now uh if you go back like iron man one he's smoking cigars and drinking and then we have to gently just stop his alcoholism yeah which, which is a big trait uh, for the iron uh, yeah, man character. Say it's a big storyline for iron man isn't it and that's the reason why they couldn't really do much with it in iron man 2 they like lightly yeah. touched on it um so uh viewers were supposed to identify with joe while seeing the doctor as an adult so that makes more sense of why yeah the Joe adults always steal drinking. my sandwiches <laughs> and also the script was going to have a doctor have his bare feet on the desk wriggling his toes i don't know why that was in the script or why it's important but yeah you yeah. know if, if you wanted to see john perch with his feet you missed out this close 
<laughs> this close to them. one day, one day. Uh, but a man comes in and he's like, "Oh, guys, I've got some new information for us. Let's go into the next room." Uh, yeah, he ba- he ba- he basically comes in and is like, "Yeah, stop that boring exposition. Here's some new information." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically, the new information this guy has got is he's found the submarine, and that it's heading yeah. <laughs> it's heading towards the. Uh, naval base bit the wee island thing that we already know that the submarine's heading there but in classic who fashion we're going to watch every character discover this information one at a time <laughs> yeah to be fair on them it's been a month since like the first episode it just yeah, but i mean we literally saw the submarine decide where it's going this episode a few minutes ago true <laughs> but maybe kids maybe kids were in the kitchen getting a cup of tea you know yeah but maybe they should have thought about that before the show came on yeah, Maybe we should have just recorded it on Sky Plus. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or watched it on BritBox. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> uh, so we cut to the master who's working on a machine and it's just making random noises, uh, which, you know, I, for at least most of the time I was listening to the noise, assumed it was the soundtrack until the master <laughs> unplugged the machine and the sound stopped. To be fair, yeah, it might still be the soundtrack. I have <laughs> it no might way, be. no way of knowing. Uh, oh, yeah, the soundtrack is yeah another thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Trenchard comes in and he's like, maybe we should call the police, uh, you know, and the armed forces to help deal with the sea devils because they're going to be a mighty hard fight, I think. And the master basically dismisses him, tells him, you know, shut up, go away. I'm working on this thing. And Trenchard's like, what is that thing? And he's like, shut up and go away. And the Trenchard's like, yeah, okay, I will. Uh, and then the master plugs back in the machine and it makes some more noise and we cut away. It's, you know, a short scene with just random noises happening in it. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we we, we focus on the noise of the machine for like a good 20 to 30 seconds at the very start. There is 12 is... minutes left in this episode. We are halfway <laughs> through, by the way. And yeah, we, we saw the doctor escape from a sea devil. And the submarines heading pe- towards people... the, the base. And people talking in rooms. Uh, yeah, about what's <laughs> happened in the previous episodes. <laughs> okay, uh, Jesus, I just paused it so it stays my ears a bit. So we're watching uh, sea devils climb out the ocean for about 30 seconds. Uh, it's not that interesting. If you look at one of the sea devils, though, because we were you spoken, I think, maybe or last week's episode or this week's episode, uh that the masks weren't really good for the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of the sea devils raises up, just like shaking its head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, I have that in my notes. He's shaking his head to avoid drowning. Yeah, yeah, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> and we cut to Trent Jordan. He's saying something. I think he's contacting the authorities, but I can't focus on anything that's getting said in these next few scenes because the soundtrack is this high-pitched, like, you know if you're doing, like, uh, what frequency can I hear at sort of test? Yeah. It's that across it's multiple scenes. It is just, and it's really loud as well. Like it drowns out the dialogue. I don't even. Yeah. It's horrible. Absolutely, it's the worst part of the and, soundtrack. Again, again, this is like a thing that's recurring throughout classic Doctor Who. I don't know why. It's just noise. Like, is this what people in the seventies just? watched just noise was there a show that was just focused on <laughs> loud noises 
Yeah, it's it like it like it it drowns out any gainable information, and you can't focus on even the visuals because you're so like my ears are bleeding. Like <laughs> and 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 you know when I was watching it on my TV, it was okay, it was fine, it was annoying but fine. But listening to it on my headphones for a show, yikes! <laughs> I was I watched this episode on the bus with earphones plugged in, and it was the worst experience. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, but to go back to the Sea Devils coming out of the water, uh, they couldn't hear the director shouting action from under the water, which is something that shouldn't... is rough. <laughs> um, the feet of the Sea Devils would often fall off underwater, and the heads would float on the surface. And the heads had to be filled with water and remained anchored, which is... Yeah, obviously the water kept on rushing in, which isn't great. <laughs> And uh, the director, Michael E. Bryant, wanted to do more takes to get the idea that there are hundreds of sea devils, but he had to do with two takes, one of them walking out of the water, and another of them just slightly in the water. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Did we yeah. only get the delusion that there's only 12 sea devils. It, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't seem like it was a fun day at work to be the sea devils at all. And, and, and you know, it's very dark, but it's because we shot it, like, last thing in the day and we just ran out of time. Yeah, it was really dark. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think to question that. But, yeah, no, those shots were. It was, like, nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, rough production. Like, Jesus. Okay, so uh, we watched the sea devil karate chop a dude in the neck. Um, we cut to Trenchard, who's trying still to get through to... I'm assuming it's going to be, like, Unit or somebody he's trying to get through to. Yeah. Uh, nobody's picking up, which is, I think, strange, because he's the guy in charge of keeping the Master, who's, like, enemy number one prisoner. <laughs> why would no, Why would people be avoiding his calls? Um... But maybe they just think I, he's going to talk about golf some more. Uh, <laughs> I think it was I think it was established that the phones don't kind of work correctly because the doctor picks up the phone in like episode one or two and it doesn't work. But I'm not sure if it's because he doesn't have like security personnel or whatever. Don't know, but we know the phones don't work in a moment because the sea devils start ripping up the phone cords uh, yeah. and start <laughs> killing people left and right uh, as Trenchard opens up his desk drawer and pulls out a gun. Dun, 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 dun. I heard that gun belonged to Chekhov. <laughs> yeah, he picks up the gun and it makes some kind of alien sound effect, which is yeah. the music. Yeah, he also takes <laughs> like, he also takes about fifteen seconds to unlock the drawer, and it's a very yeah. stiff drawer as well. And he struggles to pull it open. It's great. It's quite a long scene for quite a short concept. Yeah. It's like yeah, he sits down, gets a gun, takes thirty seconds. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then okay, we cut to to unit guards walking. Uh, it's my one of my, my favorite reaction shot <laughs> that any extra has done in classic coup so far. I think it's a, you know the two guards walking side by side. The guard uh, they stop. They see the sea devils, and there's the guard closest to the frame just goes, <gasps> but he like his like jaw drops, his mouth goes open, but he doesn't make a sound. It's just <laughs> it's so cartoonish it's especially if you compare it to last week where we had the sea captain who was purposefully yeah. trying not to give a cartoonish <laughs> reaction he was trying to keep it as grounded as possible and then this dude comes yeah. along this dude is kind of what i think he was talking about just the <laughs> yeah. overacting on some of the extras here just yeah wow it's good stuff uh then we get our first real big action scene uh i say action scene uh the alarm starts going off and it's horrible and it's just a lot of noise as we watch the sea devils shoot a couple guards then trenchard comes running down a hall looking all confused 
Guard's like, they've killed most of the guys off screen. There's just me left. Uh, <laughs> and Trenchard's like, okay, go to my office and try and get them on the phone. Even though they weren't picking up to me, maybe they'll pick up to you. Uh, I'm going to go and try and save the master because that's my responsibility. Then he unloads a bunch of bullets into the sea devils. It looks like one dies. It's hard to yeah. tell. It cuts away before any of them fall over or react. Also, you don't see what they're shooting at on screen at the same time. You don't see yeah. the sea devils and the humans on screen at the same time, which makes it rough to understand where is everyone in relation to each other, yeah. you know? Yeah, everybody's like shooting off screen, yeah. Like, there's a point where sea devils leave and there's a guy on the ground shooting at them. And then Trenchard comes in and then all of a sudden the sea devils are standing there and they shoot at them, which is yeah. confusing. Yeah, do the sea devils just wait for them to have their conversation? <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's not staged well but you know it's 1972 and they only have like i don't know like two hours to shoot this whole episode it's yeah, rough and their, I mean, and their budget was like a mars bar like, they, they spent they spent like all their budget on the heads of the sea devils yeah we then cut to the master who's still fiddling with his machine and dun 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 the sea devils come in and behind them trenchard's dead body and the master's sitting there nodding like, yes, good. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of our boy Trenchard. May he play golf in heaven. Uh, it's a pretty solid reveal of uh, Trenchard's dead body. Yeah. I, was, I, was just, I was just bad mouthing the staging, but the staging of um, walking through the door and they step aside to reveal Trenchard behind them mm-hmm. is pretty decent. Yeah, uh, but, but that's the end of Trenchard. Uh, I, I, as far as random classic who... <laughs> kind of side villains go not my favorite but i definitely probably won't forget him he was memorable (laughs) i'll give him that he mumbled and he played golf yeah that's all you need (laughs) Uh, we cut to the doctor and heart again as they're like we're losing signal off the submarine let's get going that's basically the scene uh and they all get in cars and drive off woohoo yeah, so um, the next shot is them driving up to the castle, and apparently they had big, big conversations, just like a battle against the Navy, being like, can we get the Navy cars to this location? And the Navy kept on refusing, because obviously they had to travel by sea to get the cars over there. It's like, what's the point in the end? <laughs> just to watch the Royal Navy Land Rovers drive up to the castle. Yeah. And, yeah. and also the scene was to open up on like a, a shot of dead bodies just lying on the grass outside and then uh, swoop to the camera, uh, swoop to the castle, I mean. That would have been cool. But... That, would, that would have been cool. That would have been very classic who. Very, very grim and death filled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to the doctor running through the halls of the castle or the dead bodies. Eventually, they find Trenchard, and Hart is like, he's like, my, no, my golf buddy. Uh, oh, and he's like, how did this happen? And, you know, the doctor could have just said, you know, he was quite obviously brainwashed. Uh, but no, instead, he used, uh, and I'm going to say it the way they say it, patrionism. Uh, <laughs> instead of patriotism, uh, patriotism, yeah. which I guess is just it, an old British way, the BBC yeah. British it sounds it. very yeah it sounds yeah. very british but I, I do like this moment because it's like some decent social commentary except for the fact it doesn't really work for trenchard's character i don't think it's not really being shown that he's patriotic at all really yeah well i guess the reason behind it was he was to protect the british isles from this yeah. enemy agent of the sea devils 
but yeah it's not super effectively communicated that that's he just kind of seems like the master's lackey because the master needs a lackey yeah uh okay then we cut back to the guy who's tracking the submarine and the doctor and the heart come back so they've driven all the way to the castle looked at trenchard's dead body and traveled all the way back uh yeah the thing about these six episodes is it's just the doctor driving back and forth between the castle to the navy to the castle to the navy (laughs) to the castle to the navy to the castle to the navy and then he's going to go under sea (laughs) yeah uh, it's good. It's 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 great. Um, but they find out that the submarine's definitely heading towards the fort, uh, which you know it's moving again. They're like, "Huzzah! Let's go out there now and find out what's going on." More traveling. Woohoo! And also, um, the woman secretary comes in and offers the man Kai, which is slang, naval slang for cocoa. I don't know why we just don't call it cocoa. I don't think it makes sense but okay <laughs> yeah i would have never guessed that it was uh that at all i i, I when she said it i was like i don't know what that is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of those slang terms it's just like just call it coco it's already short enough yeah yeah I, I suppose but like even like the film industry has stuff like that you know instead of saying recording it's speed or speeding you know which are you saving that many that much time by saying yeah you, know, you know sound speed and just recording yeah you know. yeah slang is dumb just call everything the same yeah that's that's, that's my political statement just call everything the same <laughs> so uh we then cut to the doctor riding on a boat to get to a bigger boat and then he climbs off that boat onto the bigger boat and he goes below deck yeah, that, so, so, yeah so and that, ba- that takes about like two minutes did you say <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so basically all these scenes of the boat is actually um was recorded in like half a day so we had no time to prepare anything and it shows yeah it's, <laughs> it really one, does show. it's like a couple wide shots of them climbing onto the boat and it's yeah. dull yeah so basically, uh, the doctor gets a pipe and a board ceremony, which is only used for ship's captains or senior officers or the queen. So the doctor gets some special treatment. Well, here. he's the president of the world. So, yeah, he is technically. Yeah, is he? Is he always the president of the world? If he goes back to like the day before he became president of the world, is he still the president of the world? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that easy. <laughs> But yeah, basically, uh, the cameraman basically had to become the director here because obviously there was no time to prepare anything and we're just sitting on another boat shooting John Pertwee and Katie Manning on another boat. Yeah, and it was rough at sea because, jeez, that camera is bobbing left and right. It's like sickening almost. Yeah, but I do not blame them. It sounds like a rough day on set. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Uh, so... Uh, inside the bowels of the ship they're deciding on who should go down to see the sea devils and obviously the doctor volunteers uh and they don't really make much of a fuss about it they go okay sound uh <laughs> and they stick the doctor in this most terrifying uh like this is your grave type tube that goes into the ocean like it's very yeah. 70s technology like yeah so this is this is a diving bell and it's a real like naval 
ship thing that obviously you can go down on under under the water in and this was originally going to be used in scotland for exercises but we decided to move it to i uh i, I wrote down some random gibberish for some reason oh um, that place <laughs> or maybe it's in wales um well we decided to move it to the solent which is the sea between the isle of Wight and england and we invited them along for the exercises instead and so yeah, it's a real it's a real diving bell. And sometimes it's sometimes it's a studio set, and you can see that based on the window, which is I think the window is just a green screen. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we never bothered in, and we never bothered keying it in. Yeah, it's a very green window, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know we spend quite a long time watching the thing get lowered and put into the ocean, which you know, kind of has a nice little like documentarian almost charm to watching as to how it works, but. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you remember, this is the navy just wanting to get their name out, just to get for recruitments, and it's like, yeah, this is what you can do in the navy. It's mm-hmm. a good promotional material for them, I think. Yeah. Fight alien sea monsters from <laughs> the depths of hell. Uh, so we're following the doctor as he lowers into the depths of the ocean, and he's on the radio the whole time. They've got TV feed off him, and they're like, "Let us know if anything goes wrong. You know, you're gonna hit the bottom in a few minutes." He's like, "Talio," uh, you know, and they, they hits the bottom, and he's like, "Okay, how is everything?" He's like, "Oh yeah, no, everything's chill down here." Then he literally goes, "Wait a minute!" Uh, as they're looking out the window, and we see a sea devil swimming up, and it looks kind of cool, but it's really hard to kind of make out the sea devil from the like massive amounts of green that's all over the screen. Yeah, it it takes a while for it to come in like focus, and even when it's in focus, it's way too close to the camera for comfort. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the TV feed that's uh, the, they're watching in the boat of the Doctor starts going statically, and it cuts out. And they're like, okay, get him up, get him up, get him up. And we watched for quite a long time as they're pulling the sea bell yeah. out of the ocean. It, it, it's such a long build-up to that cliffhanger. It, it is <laughs> like, a really long build-up to the cliffhanger. But once they get it out the ocean, I think they handled this cliffhanger really, really, really well. Yeah. I love how Hart goes into it, uh, looking for the doctor. He looks up, and he comes back out. And I was expecting him to be like, he's gone uh you know and then and cut to the credits but no he just he looks at joe and he just gives her a look that she goes and she runs over to the thing and then you see just before she's about to go into the sea bell she's like takes a breath almost like i don't know what i'm about to see and she pulls her head up uh and she looks up at something and then we hear the music we don't know what she's looking at uh as we cut to the credits and i thought it was actually a really really good cliffhanger for this episode well, well, we know she's looking at nothing because the doctor is vanished. She, he's gone, man. He's dead. Or maybe it's his organs splayed out across the uh, <laughs> the interior of the uh, vessel. You don't know. You don't. Know. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, well, that happened. Yeah, that's how the, that's how we turned into Tom Baker, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I still thought it was a pretty like just from a performance wise. Uh, I thought it was a really really good cliffhanger. Yeah, it's it. Most classic Doctor Who stories have decent cliffhangers. It's just it always gets resolved straight away in the next episode, making the cliffhanger redundant. Yeah. I haven't seen the next episode yet, but I feel like it's going to have Joe take her head out of the bell and go, he's gone. Uh- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but that does bring us to the end of episode four of this six-part series, and I think it's the worst episode yet. What did you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, we just covered two of the worst episodes yet, so I think um, 
when I'm watching this on my own, I'm having fun. It's entertaining enough to be good. But we're sitting here pausing every five minutes to discuss what's happening, yeah, criticize you're like, it. You're like, oh, talk nothing, about nothing it. happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think Classico fools you into thinking, oh, yeah, this is a good episode. This is fun. This stuff is happening. And then you realize, oh, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Literally, like, you know, we, we've covered episodes three and four in this episode. In episode three... We weren't super hot on, but it had moments that were good. Yeah. This episode is so breath like w- wasting away. It is twenty minutes of no story. It says a lot for the best scene, the sandwich scene, is an exposition yeah. scene. Yeah, the best scene is exposition of what happened in previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not. It's you could skip this episode, and you'd be you. Only thing you'd need to be caught up on is how the doctor got under sea in which case oh, yeah. you could figure that out pretty quick because yeah, i'm sure they'll tell just you. yeah just watch the first two minutes watch the last two minutes and you're set for the next episode oh yeah yeah maybe catch that bit in the middle where trenchard's dead uh and that's it <laughs> yeah. that's all you need yeah which is often the case for most of doctor who which is quite sad yeah again again i would just love to sit here and just put together like a 75 minute omnibus edition of the sea devils that'd be great yeah brick box should do that they should they should do like uh omnibus episodes cut together uh as like little specials i think that would be fun uh but that does bring us to the end of this episode of who watches who scott uh yes next week (laughs) next week yeah next week we've got the finale to the sea devils yes episodes five and six five and six and then next month we're back to the Sea Devils again at the end of the month, hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's, we still we still haven't got a trailer. This is the tenth of March, we still haven't got a trailer. I wonder if it's ever gonna happen. <laughs> it won't it won't ever happen. It'll just come out. It's I think it's already out. They just haven't told you. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. Where are we? Sea Devils, yeah, yeah. So we got Sea Devils coming. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the finale because, you know, this is the first time we've covered a classic Who story over the course of an entire month. Uh, You know, when we did The Demons, we did it over two weeks. Uh, And when we did The Hand of Fear, we managed to cover all four episodes in one episode somehow. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, I say somehow. One episode was literally them walking for the 20 minutes. Uh, (laughs) You know, so there wasn't too much to talk about. But this is the first time it's taken a month to get through a story. And it has. It feels like we've been in this story for ages. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to seeing how it concludes. Could you imagine being in 1972 and having to watch your story over the course of a month and a half, six weeks? Yeah, it's. It's. <laughs> it, it's impossible to know what we would have thought because we, we're looking at this with our modern eye. You know, where we, yeah. we've got all these different TV shows and the different way of consuming media is we just we have no way of knowing what it was like. I'm sure we would we would have thought it was great, and uh, it was like this is the best way to consume TV, you know, because it builds yeah. up the tension. It's like a nice twenty minutes. You get to sit down, have your tea, and get spooked by the spooky sea devils. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with a more modern eye, it's not as good as that. But this has been Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Who Watches Who, on Twitter at Watches Doctor, on YouTube at Who Watches Who. This podcast is available in video form on Spotify now as well, if I've done it right, uh, and video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm going to let Scott talk right <laughs> now. Nah, any few uh, minutes he can uh, say uh, say some uh, words. Uh, yeah. 
and <laughs> and and you can uh, email us. I forgot what I was going to say. And you can email us at who watches who pod at gmail dot com. Um, what's your favorite trench art moment? Yeah. Did you cry classic. when he died? I did. I did. <laughs> I liked. I liked a part where you mumbled and played golf. I was yeah. top tier yeah. Doctor Who stuff. I liked the part <laughs> where he was brainwashed and then he wasn't brainwashed, and then he and then he was, but not really. Uh, my favorite. And also part when of he got abs- ghosted by Unit, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 favorite part of the episode was the part with all the noise. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I need hearing aids now. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. But yeah. We'll yep. be back next week with the Sea Devils. Next week Parts with the Sea Devils finale. I wonder if the doctor will eat more sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>